Oh, it's that time again. It's open mic with the MVP Marco. Uh, episode 10. I'm in the double digits. I made it out of that. Uh, I, this is a recurring thing. If you listen to the show, it's a um, kind of like a storyline I have going. I bring back stuff from the old episode. So if you're not familiar, you can go back and listen. I kind of I try to reference as much as I can. But uh, we spoke about the uh, three episode curse where most people don't make it past three episodes. But here I am in the double digits. And I do have a uh, I'm like 10 years old. I do have the brain of a 10 year old. So that kind of kind of matches up. But anyway, we'll get to the show. Um, I have some special guests, plural today. One recurring guest, the first time ever uh, returning de- um, guest. And the other one is a, is a brand new guest. Um, they're kind of a tandem, you know, they, they roll together. Um, they're, they're probably the, the, the A team when it comes to, uh, to podcasting. Um, as far as the pod foundation goes, it's the, it's a flagship people. I'm, I know I'm giving away hints that you're probably going to know already, but, um, and, and it, the other thing is these, these people are, you know, the reason why I'm sitting here today. So I like to welcome, uh, Sheena and Seth. Hello, How you hello. Doing? I'm doing good. It feels good to be the first recurring guest, you know, on the 10th episode. This is a special episode. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad it to be is. able to make my appearance again on Open Mic. Yeah, and I was starting to get a little bit hot, man, as week by week, episode by episode went off. And, uh, you know, I still wasn't getting that invite, man. So I was starting to think maybe, <laughs> starting to think maybe we had some I heat, man. <laughs> but, uh, but no, nah, man, I'm happy to be here and I'm looking forward to this. I mean, there was, there was a little heat when I uh, got the uh, notification in my... Uh, messenger that there was a there was an episode of uh open mic that i was not on oh yeah a, uh, <laughs> we, when we interviewed Dan. Yeah. yeah that was a little yeah that was, was a little up, impromptu yeah. yeah that kind of just came no, together at the last second so but yeah <laughs> it was funny it was definitely like, huh? took inspiration out of the interview because we don't typically do interview style on the on the chick foley network so. and, we, and we gave all the credit we didn't yeah. try to just like oh, act no, like it wasn't a thing we definitely <laughs> made sure to let everybody know that you know if you, if you like this go check out open mic yeah, no, definitely. No, it was a great episode. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, that was, I was, I was, I was kind of like busting, busting balls a little bit because I was like, I was like, huh? I was like, are they, are they removing me? Am I not doing the whole thing? <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't get a, I didn't get an email or a message yet, but uh, no, no but, we, uh, we enjoyed like our said, conversation was, with Dan, but yeah, I don't think interviewing's really, it's, it's not our forte. We were definitely, we were definitely I mean, piecing it together on that conversation. It was great though. I, I mean, it's it fun. Interview. Yeah, no, I thought it was a really, I thought it was a really good interview. I think definitely, I, I know like a lot of people would want you guys to do more or check fully as a collective, mm-hmm. like the actual show, do a lot more interviews. I know, uh, you know, Tom, we spoke about that last week. He, you know, he wanted to be on the show. I know that was a thing we've been trying to do with Tom, but you know, he's a, he's a very busy man. If you listen to that last open mic episode, he's a, he's a man about town. That's right. Knows a lot of people. He's, he's, all, he's all over the shaker. whole foundation family. <laughs> he is. He, he was, yeah, he, yeah, he was calling like himself. the man of mystery, dude. You never know what's going on with Tom. Yeah. D- d- he, he wrote for, he, he, he did photography for soap opera magazines <laughs> back in the, uh, in the, in the eighties, early nineties. Like, yeah, know, I would not have expected that at all <laughs> from Tom. Yeah, but, the, uh, the man needs yeah. to write a book. <laughs> yeah it's like how do you know this person he like he just pops up with different uh names of people and he's so friends with everyone but no nah, glad to have you on and yeah i know i knew seth was uh figuring like why the hell hasn't he i was gonna actually have the uh pod warriors on um as a as a tandem that might still oh, you happen could still, you could still but... do the pod warriors that would be an enjoyable episode <laughs> to yeah because 
they, they, those two Definitely will probably be fighting by that. the end of the by the end of the interview. Yeah, but uh, it'll be a lot great. of history to draw upon. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. No, that's what, that's what I, I was kind of like dwelling on that. Like, hope, hopefully not breaking up the pod warriors because I know you guys can get <laughs> you know if you listen to the show, you guys can get uh get a little crazy with each other. So I don't want my show to be the the uh, the beginning and end. It'll be the, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the barber uh, shop man. As we go, uh, we go like the rockers. Oh, <laughs> uh, that'd be great. But um, yeah, no, we can uh. I, I just wanted to start off by like, because we talked about this uh, with me and Tom talking about like you know our wives um, supporting you know what we do as far as like you know collecting and you know um, doing the podcast and all that stuff and you know it does take time um, away from from your you know significant other or you know f- friends and family or whatever what have you but obviously you guys are in a different area where you're together um, so I want to kind of take it back a little bit to the beginning of the, you know, Chick Foley podcast and stuff like that. And, you know, Seth, like, how did, how did you manage that? Like, what was your, you know, what, what were your thoughts going into like, you know, Sheena doing an actual podcast, you know, taking the Chick Foley Instagram account and making it, you know, putting it out there into the, uh, into the, into the interwebs. So when her original co-host hit her up about uh, doing the show, Sheena immediately reached out to me because we had talked about, maybe doing a podcast something before because we always talk so much wrestling amongst each other and you know we had we had really good wrestling friends obviously you weren't a part of our lives yet but we had like jordan and a few others that we just always were seemed like we were having an ongoing conversation with um but you know like he kind of gave the nudge to like yeah let's make this happen he did a lot of the early legwork on it and i was still kind of behind the scenes then man i was putting together the formats for them and uh, just helping out with research and kind of just like the structure and different segments of the show and everything. Uh, but just I didn't know the technical side of it because I had like zero experience podcasting. But um, I was just all about it. You know, I it, it, we were in Hawaii. So it was really awkward because um, to kind of make it work with, you know, I think like, you know, eight, nine, ten o'clock are kind of like the primetime podcast hours. Uh, Sheena's co-host on the East Coast. So that meant that Sheena was podcasting at like 4.30 in the afternoon. So I would always take Brett the baby face. We only had one kid at the time, but me and him would go for a nice long walk around the island that we lived on in uh, in Hawaii to, to give her the silence that she needed uh, to, to knock it out. But, I, you know, it was always something cool. And I, like I said, I kind of just kept up behind the scenes and helped uh, just, I don't know if producer might be kind of over overstating it a little bit what I was doing, but I was definitely just kind of helping out her and, uh, and, and, uh, the original co-host with the, uh, like I said, with the format. Yeah. I, yeah, it was, it was nice having him on board. Cause like I had, I mean, Brett was only like two months old at the time whenever I started the Chick Foley show. No, no, he was a year. This was, was 2018. Year, yeah. Oh yeah. Was yeah. Right after we got back from Kauai. So he's a year old, but still a baby. Yes. Yeah, still a baby. Baby, so, baby. Yeah. So, um, I don't know why I was thinking October. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. He was like a year old. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had my hands full with a, one-year-old and you know it's just super busy and uh having seth be able to just like put the format together you know i mean obviously i was watching all i mean wrestling it was really nice to watch wrestling on the island because you could watch it early on in the day and still have the rest of your night to go but yeah to be able to just kind of like throw some topics together and uh help me out in that way like it was it was so helpful and it was still pretty similar man like that format is pretty much stuck to kind of the format that we use now weekly on the chick foley show where you know, we'd kind of just we'd have like the big topics of the week. And then I would try to just come up with a few bullet points of like, you know, like critical thinking style questions, just kind of spark the conversation and get it going. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I remember when I came in, I started doing the format and uh, I was 
was it like was it just like f this so this is gonna be one of the few times i break kayfabe i hardly ever talk about like my regular life on podcasting you know, like, you know my podcasting character is pretty much just wrestling fan and that's it but so i am active duty in the navy and right around the time you came on um I was going out to sea, right? Like I was actually on sea duty. I was working on a ship. So there'd be a lot of times where I was going out for three or four weeks. So I just wasn't available to help support Sheena and, and Phil, man. So, um, you know, I think you were really kind of like a godsend for them to come in to yeah. be that third person. Cause it's a lot of work, man. Like that's the thing we say to you, like, you know, we're at, I think uh, almost 300 episodes right now on the Chick Foley show. Um, dude, it's hard just showing up week after week and putting out content. Like you can't, like to, to do a podcast is easy, right? If you can, you can make a SoundCloud account or a, an, an anchor account and, you know, plug in a microphone, your computer and you can make a podcast. What's tough is putting in the work to, you know, have like a, you know, a, sol- a solid hour of audio um, that's going to engage people, make them want to listen week after week after week. That's why we've always saluted like fully posable for being like, you know, the Cal Ripkins of the the podcast game because they've never missed a week and going on six years now. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just the hour that you have to record because, you know, sometimes that's, that's not even the issue is finding the hour to record. Like, I mean, the dedication to sitting down when you're just tired at the end of the day, like, yeah, that does take dedication, but just keeping up with everything throughout the week based on whatever your podcast is about, you know, just keeping up with the topics, keeping up with the news. I mean, you're putting in hours every week of just like, mental bandwidth, uh, to be able to put a podcast together like this. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. Especially because like, for me, I never take it for granted, um, that people are going to give up their time to listen to our show. You know what I mean? Like we get, I mean, obviously we're not, we're not like one of the biggest shows in the world, but we do have a solid following. So there's, you know, several thousand people every week that are taking the time to listen to our podcast. I don't take that for granted. Cause think about nowadays, man, you have basically at your fingertips, any movie, any TV show that's ever been out, you know, you got video games, you got all this kind of stuff that you could occupy Unlimited your time distractions, with. Yeah. So I just have nothing but love and appreciation. I'm continually humbled by the people that choose to, you know, spend a, a hour, hour and a half with whatever we're putting out week after week. And so that's why we've always made sure to, we want to put out some of the quality, you know, we want to give you something to kind of engage some thought, um, make you, you know, really appreciate wrestling more and give you, hopefully give you a few laughs, you know? Yeah. And just give you the fans perspective. Cause you know, there's like wrestlers out there that have podcasts. There's, you know, people that are inside the business that have podcasts, but we're just, you know, regular normal fans. The fans wrestling podcast. Yeah, I think the, that's what it says on the on the Patreon banner. Yeah, exactly. So just giving you the fans' perspective and kind of like what what our opinions are, which by are no which are no means expert opinions, you know. But it's just I feel like uh, we put out a good product and we're really grateful to everybody that listens and supports us and you know engages with the show. Yeah, I think I definitely think that's something. Uh, you know. That was kind of due, like in the sense where you know we I, I have this show, you have the Pod Warriors, yeah, um, you know you guys do like you know those quick episodes and stuff like that. I think just doing that, the just doing the same, like you said, doing the same kind of content every week, it is it is a lot of work. Um, and I think if you like kind of change it up, um, kind of like we're doing now with these different types of shows, um, I think that you know it, it spreads it, it it spreads the family a lot better, and it you know. It gives a lot of different, uh, hopefully a lot, a lot more newer followers yeah, and newer it gives listeners you, it gives and stuff you fresh like that. Legs, to the different you know, and you can dive deeper into yeah. into certain things, you know, and kind of just uh, 
scratch other itches, you know, like the interview itch, you know, you got the pod warriors that are deep diving on, you know, one all, topic. all, yeah, one topic. Uh, yeah. Cause like when we do the regular Chick Foley show, there's stuff every week that we cut, man. Like when we're kind of, yeah. I mean, Marco, you know this, so this is just for the listeners. Like when we're kind of bullshitting, like before the show, like every single time there's always something where we're like, you know, are we going to discuss this? And it's either like, you know, we'll get a, uh, you know, a 45 second quick hitter in on it. Or it's like, no, it's just not enough time, man. Cause mm-hmm. there's just, so much going on yeah. in the wrestling world every single week. Yeah, I said that to uh, to to the Chads from the Turnbuckle Tavern uh, when I had them on. I was like, oh, we, I was like, I always wanted to do like a uh, a a pre show show where it's like the stuff that we talk about oh, <laughs> before yeah. the actual yeah. shows recorded because yeah. that's the uh, that's that's all the, that's that's most and it's not even it doesn't have to be a long episode. It could be like a you know like 10, 15. You could probably like kind of like compile all the. Like all the episodes for the month and make like one episode. It doesn't have to be a <laughs> weekly thing, just to like give like the behind yeah. the scenes things. And they're like, "Oh my god, that'd be great!" Because they they even said that there's a lot of like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make oh, yeah, it. It's to, laying on the cutting room to the uh, yeah. to the actual. We've had solid itself. gold before. We're like, because I'm typically you know it's kind of part of my gimmick now. I don't think I've ever been on time for a podcast, whether it's one that I'm kind of hosting or a guest on. Like I just. I always got a million things going on. So I end up showing up late and like, I'm typically like fiddle fucking with the soundboard and getting all of our audio drops loaded and stuff while we're all kind of just going back and forth with the banter. And there's been like plenty of times where we've had to kind of stop ourselves and be like, yo, let's save it for the yeah, air. Let's save yeah, it for the air. We really get some rich conversation. Yeah. <laughs> going yeah and you can never, and you button. can never recreate it. Like once you have that organic conversation, like if you try to recreate it on the air, it's just not the same. So yeah, we, we try to like, like minimize what we discuss before we start recording because yeah, we've, we've had some excellent conversations and then we forget to even talk about that thing on the show, you know? So. Yeah, we did that a few, we did that a few times, like uh, before Seth came on, like me and Sheena would be like, just waiting. Yeah. Um, we'd have like a full, like 20 minutes <laughs> conversation. Yeah, we had about, some good like, stuff. The we'd be like, Oh man, that, that could have, that could have made it to the show. But yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, that's always like the good stuff. So like, with this show in particular, I kind of wanted to, you know, not do that, like not have those like pre-talks, just like, you know, jump right into the show and whatever we, you know, talk about is what we're going to talk. Because this isn't really, this show isn't really wrestling centric. It's more or less like, you know, kind of all over the it's place. Conversation. And more personal and more of a conversation. So it's like, it, it, we don't have to like, you know, go, oh, we'll save that for this. But um, yeah, that, that was like a, that's that was defi- definitely a trip down memory lane. With all that stuff and all this stuff starting to like pop into my head of all mm-hmm. the early, you know, writing all the formats and uh, dealing with dealing with uh, infants oh, at yeah. the time and too when I was know, doing it. You know, I think back. back to that time. I think I pretty much just like blacked out and like made it through that time because when I think back <laughs> on it now, like you know, I'm I'm tired now and it takes a lot to get ready for a podcast. But thinking about putting, you know, being with two kids during a peak of a pandemic with a deployed husband, a a newborn at the time, you know, and then still setting up, getting ready for a podcast, preparing for a podcast, literally having to pause the podcast, go up, get my infant, bring her down, put her in my lap while I finish the podcast, dude. Like it's just, it's wild to me that, 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 that part of my life even, even happened, you know, and that the Chick-fil-A show survived that, you know, like the, I don't know, like it it was, it's, I'm pretty proud of myself for that. Shout out to the Foley fam for always sticking with us. 
Oh yeah, definitely. That was a those those are those are trying times, <laughs> but times, we were there baby. to we were there to end yeah, those are <laughs> we were there to entertain and yeah. You know, well, I mean, there was times that like as, I would start the show can. and then I would just I, I would just disappear halfway through because like the kids would wake up and like I mean I can't come back. You yeah. know, like, that would happen after I came on. Like <laughs> yeah. it was kind of basically like baked into the format at that point. Like whenever it was me, you and Marco, like at about the forty-five minute mark, like I knew it was just going to be me and Marco one on one for about twenty minutes while you went to put one of the kids back down. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there was times I'd be texting, you know, Marco, and be like, "Hey, I'm not going to make it back down. The kids are not like go ahead and finish the show because the the kids are not uh, cooperating." So yeah, so, so much stuff. So before I came on, so you guys would just pause the show. Um, it depends. Like uh, sometimes they would keep talking, but yeah, there were some times I would just be like, Hey guys, I'll be right back. See, you know? one thing about the Chick Foley show, we, we can stop it, but it ends up being a pain in the ass for the most part the the regular Chick Foley show, like the flagship, it's live to tape. So yeah, whatever, never, whatever happens as we record, yeah. that's what we you don't guys edit hear. anything yeah, out. Yeah. Cause it's, we have, we use, I mean, I'll give them a plug, even though they're, you know, we're paying them, but Zencaster has been like a godsend for, um, for the podcast. Like, occasionally there's there's some headaches with it but for, you know 99 of the time zencaster is like just makes everything really really smooth mm-hmm. and it just becomes a royal pain in the ass when you guys start trying to stitch together multiple segments and stuff yeah. so you've done it before but uh, I, we can yeah. do it yeah i've gotten pretty it's decent normally on, it's normally like when a service drops out like yeah. somebody we have a guest or something and the service drops yeah out. i've gotten pretty decent with audacity so yeah i would say like nine times out of ten what you're hearing on chick Foley, it is a live recording even mm-hmm. if it's not necessarily like broadcast live mm-hmm yeah, and then you know, just having those conversations with everybody on this show, like anyone that's listened to the show, that's that's the main thing that people love about the show is the you know the the like the authenticity of it. It's not like it's basically what you hear yeah. is what you what you're hearing. You're exactly. not hearing anything different. If the audio's crappy, it's that's what it is. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. in the early stages and stuff like that, and sometimes now. But like it, that's what that's what draws people in. It's like you know, I think I think I was talking to J Bone. Um, about this and he was like you know that it's like you're you're sitting in with like some friends um obviously you can't talk to them because you know you're listening to them but like it, that's what it kind of said yeah. that's, it's yeah. that vibe that's what we're going essentially for. so that's 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 what oh yeah definitely and that, that that's what i'm trying to go for with this here too but i want to i want to ask seth was it was there any time that you were going to be on the show in the early stages or you're just going to be like the you know just a behind the scenes no, guy all the time like I do have a pretty demanding job, man, with what I do in the Navy. So it was just never really um, in the cards for me to do it. I just It was going to be a bridge too far between being a dad, having my full-time job, still being a devoted husband to Sheena, and also doing this. So I had never really planned on it until, you know, events took place that kind of kind of forced our hand to really look at what we're going to do for the overall health of the future of the podcast. And that's when, you know, I, I sent you that faithful text, Marco, like, hey, man, we got three days to figure out how to record a podcast. So. Yeah. And, you know, well, the thing the thing is, is uh, <laughs> it, I I am so like I have my Instagram account when I, I did all that, like, especially in the early days, I did all of that by myself, you know, built that audience, did all of that stuff by myself. And, you know, the podcast was just kind of a natural progression because I wanted to have those more in-depth conversations than what you could add on just like an Instagram caption, you know, and kind of just you know, deep dive on things more and uh, get more nuanced with the conversation. But like, I have like a a fear of public speaking. And although this isn't, I think I talked about this on my episode uh, earlier on, on open mic. uh, Although like this isn't really public speaking, you know, it's going out to the public. So like, I just had this like fear and like, 
you know, I don't know. And Seth does not have that. You know, Seth has like all the confidence in the world. And he was like the perfect guy to ask to be a podcaster. And me, on the other hand, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I can do this. And Seth's like being the cheerleader, like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Like, you're going to do this. And so we did it. And here we are, you know. So I think it's funny how it all worked out, how I started it. And then like Seth came along after because Seth would have been like, the the prime choice for somebody to just like start a wrestling podcast if if all the chips had fallen a different way yeah but not to get into like you know gender studies territory whatever i really feel like the like the secret sauce of our show though is sheena being a female right because that's the big differentiator for us because there's you know there's hundreds of wrestling podcasts out there just like us where it's just a group of fans sitting down and talking about their thoughts on the show but i think kind of sheena being a female is the big like that's the hook, right? It's different. It's a differentiator because there's not a lot of that out there. Um, and she, you know, she's a really knowledgeable wrestling fan also. So I think that's kind of like, you know, Sheena being a chick, like a literal chick is <laughs> our, uh, that's kind of like our Trojan horse to kind of give us a leg up, you know, that kind of, <laughs> that, that lifted up our launch platform way higher than a lot of other podcasts in a, in a similar situation would have been. So, um, yeah, man, it's just, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's been really a great ride of the last, uh, you know, going on two years now since I've been a part of the show. Four years for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, do you both have like, uh, not, do you guys have heated arguments? Not like personal ones, but like, as far as wrestling goes, like, are you guys ever like watching something and like you're, you're having a conversation, you just like start like, you know, going like real you know, like wrestling fan mode on each other about stuff or is it more is it like a casual I think for the most part we've got you know we've been together so long and so we already kind of have like similar tastes on stuff I think wrestling wise we pretty much got the the same taste I can't really think of any like real big like you know anybody that Sheena's a fan of that I really dislike or vice versa so for the most part we're we're pretty wrestling copacetic like the guys that we're big fans of like are all are all pretty much alignment you know mm-hmm yeah, I mean, there's sometimes like um, I'll like somebody and Seth will just be like, you know, I can't believe you like that guy. Or uh, uh, MJF is a perfect example. I was on board with MJF from day one, and Seth was not on board. I mean, we didn't have like an argument about it, but he would be like, no, MJF, MJF, MJF is, does not do it for me. Yeah, know? and I'll say it again, MJF, he's fine. Like he's totally fine, but he's Miz with a TVM rating, like straight up. But man. you, you did, you did get on board with MJF there for for a minute, dude. When he was, when he was like having his, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, I've always said he's fine. I've, I've never been like MJF sucks. I just don't think that you know he's. I don't think he's the crown jewel. There's like, like if I'm WWE, there's five or six people I got on my wish list for AEW before I get down to MJF's name. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, the, I mean. Like like Seth said, I feel like we've been together so long that we we pretty much have our our tastes and our likes are pretty aligned. Yeah, I mean, speaking uh, well, actually, we'll kind of transition to it because that was gonna be kind of like my next question. Speaking of being together so long, um, the, I, I think you guys kind of spoke about this. I'm not sure on the show, like how you guys met and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, take us take us back to uh, memory. We started dating like how, uh... in high school. <laughs> I really wouldn't say we're true high school sweethearts, man. Because like when I hear high school sweethearts, I picture like somebody who was together for like years in high school. We kind of like you know we went on a couple dates. I think our, our junior, junior year, yeah. And it kind of just fills out. I never really got too serious, even though we always had like a good vibe and stuff. And then we kind of just ended up like circling back to each other a couple months before we graduated high school. 
and um you know stuck together ended up being like you know you know made it, it facebook wasn't around back then but whatever the equivalent <laughs> was we made it facebook official and uh we'd been together maybe like seven months man and we were both going to western kentucky university in bowling green and i had just you know i was uh like i stop me marco just feel free to cut me off man if i get like way too in depth but i was like I was a real overachiever no, in school, no, right? Good, like I good. always had like straight A's. I think I ended up like a 3.98 GPA in high school. Like I was, you know, really kicking ass and stuff in school. But for whatever reason, I was just totally like listless once I graduated, man. I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't really feel like being in school and stuff, man. And uh, for whatever reason, man, I kind of was just like feeling like the call of duty and decided I was going to go join the military. And uh, I remember telling Sheena that like at this point we'd been together like maybe six, seven months. And at the time when I'm telling her this, like, I'm thinking like, this is also like, you know, like my way of like breaking up with her. Like, she's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm blowing this fucking popsicle stand. You know, <laughs> you can stay here. Uh, this is what yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> and to my surprise, when I like laid this on Sheena, like, Hey, I'm thinking about, you know, leaving here and joining the military and whatever. She was like, well, let's just stick it out and see what happens, man. And, uh, you know, here we are 20, almost 20 years later, dude, you know, two kids freaking <laughs> yeah, you weren't getting been around, me, dude. <laughs> yeah, been around the world and back. So yeah, we actually, we really didn't get super serious until like right before I left for, uh, for the Navy. And then, like I said, man, she's been by my side ever since. So. That was really it. So yeah, kind of kind of started dating in high school, but didn't really get serious until uh, until afterwards. <laughs> she was like, "Nah, I'm not going anywhere. Just 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 do what you're gonna yeah, do. And, uh, exactly. I'll, I'll still be here." <laughs> um, was it? Did you guys have like the uh, like the friend like the group of friends that were like not on board? With the significant other deal, no, like, well, to give I the friends so. I was like, oh, I, I, I think one thing that kind of helped was or... that we did start dating shortly before graduation. So it was really just kind of me and Sheena, you know, like, yeah. sadly, man, I don't know how many, mm. I think we have kind of an older audience. I think our audience is mostly like the, the you know, like the elder millennial generation, like between 30s and 40s and stuff. But for the kids in high school, man, like, you know, uh, you know, trigger, trigger warning, dude, most of your friends, you're going to drift away, dude. Like that's yeah. always true. Like I remember people tell me that growing up, like you're not going to have most of your friends once yeah. you graduate. And I was like, no, I'm sticking with them. But that really is the case. So like, you know, we started dating shortly before high school or for graduation. And once we graduate, those friend groups just are gone to the fucking four winds. Well, we didn't right? have social media either. So that, I mean, there's there, no there's, social media. Also, there is different. Helps, yeah. You but, just don't even know where people end up or go. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, but so basically, you know, the friends groups all were just kind of scattered across the four winds. So it really was just me and Sheena. We kind of just focused on each other and, and enjoy each other's company. Yeah, um, so I, that really wasn't a that wasn't a factor. It but. wasn't a factor. I will say though, because I grew up in that town and I was from there. Like I went to elementary school there. I went to middle school, high school. Um, and I had a I had a boyfriend um before Seth, like my you know, freshman, sophomore year, and uh once I broke up with him, like, and, and I was kind of like seeing Seth, like, you know, like if you talked about in my end of my sophomore year, I got some pushback because, like, you know, Seth was like a new guy in town too, because he like he came out of like Texas, you know, his family was military, so they moved back. Like, I moved to that high school halfway through our freshman year. Yeah, and so I had a lot of like really close friends and really close guy friends, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I think a lot of those guy friends like they probably wanted me to like be their girlfriend, you know, and uh, I was like going for this new guy who. <laughs> just like came so out. i immediately yeah not to make not to go too far into like team <laughs> movie territory but like yeah. so i moved there halfway through my freshman year right i'm from 
like, a, I was in like, I lived in an urban area of Texas and Corpus <laughs> Christi and stuff. And I'm moving to like the fucking sticks of Kentucky. So not only am I like a new guy who's got like a totally different vibe for everybody else <laughs> yeah. here, I also became the starting quarterback of like the high school team my sophomore year, right? So I, I had some haters, dude, like yeah. straight up. Like I was cool with all the people, like anybody that got to know me, I was cool with, but anybody that, like there was a lot of people that didn't really know me that were yeah. just like, oh, like who's this guy? Just a very you know? small town vibe where it's just like, you know, we like, we don't want any outsiders, don't want any new people. Um, you know, this is new and different. Like we're not about it. So um, there, I did yeah. get some pushback when people were like, you're dating Seth. No, why are you dating Seth? And I was just like, I don't know, because he's new and different and cool. And he's not like you guys, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I think it was a little bit different for, for me and Seth, because like I said, I was kind of like, you know, born and raised there. And Seth was, he was, you know, implanted there. He was the, yeah. he was the outsider, the, the city slicker. Coming I mean, he, into did, the, uh, he did come from Texas, <laughs> so his, it's not like With his, he with his like, good looks know. and athletic ability. Yeah. I, I think I had more like redneck bona fides than most of the people in that school, if you're yeah. going to get down to it. But I just, like I said, I, my, I was a lot more... I, I just I traveled the world. Being a military kid, yeah. Yeah. When you're a military kid, you don't really have that like. So to get super deep into it, man. So again, me and my little brother, we went to school in South Texas, um, and like in on the Gulf Coast down in Corpus Christi, it's really cool, man. Like very diverse. Like my school was basically like a third white, a third Hispanic, and like a third black, and everybody got along, right? There was no like fucking racial tension on that stuff, man. Like the football team, like the football teams were like you know gods down there and stuff and like it was just a really really cool place to grow up and get exposed to a lot of different cultures and then i come to butler county high school in kentucky where it's like 99.9 percent white yeah. i'm seeing people wearing fucking dixie outfitter shirts with like confederate <laughs> flags on on my first day and i'm just like i mean dude i hated my parents dude like i remember when we moved up there i wanted to live with my grandparents because i really really resented my parents um for making me move to this place. Cause it was just so different from what me and my little brother had known. Um, obviously I ended up, you know, having a really good time there and enjoying myself. And, uh, you know, I met Sheena, so it was definitely, it ended up being for the best, but at the time it was, I mean, it was straight up culture shock, man, as a, as a 14 year old kid going from this like super diverse, like really kind of cool place to going to this spot where it just, it seemed very like insular once, once I got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I probably would. They probably were pretty upset with you too because you're obviously coming from Texas, which is like yeah. you know football capital of the world. So you probably already had that like superior athletic ability. You you know you just walk in there. Yeah, one day so and it was it was different because like I'm in Texas where, where like you didn't play there. varsity yeah. until like <laughs> your senior year, or if you were like a straight up stud, maybe your junior year, like straight up like. They had a freshman team, a JV team, and a varsity team. And the varsity team was basically like reserved for like seniors and the really best juniors. So it was just totally different for me going to this like really, really small school in Kentucky where like I'm going to be getting playing time on varsity as a sophomore. Like, like it, I mean, it really worked out because I got a lot better experience um, playing high school football. And I was always cool within the football team, right? The football team didn't care. Like that was that was kind of like my safe haven showing up there and stuff. Um, but I think for people that weren't on it, like I said, it was really the people that didn't know me, man, that would kind of hate on me and me and my little brother, just cause we kind of came in and, you know, got a lot of clout or whatever. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to like bag on the people. Like there's a lot of really amazing people in, yeah, it's in a our, great place in to our, live. I in mean, our small and, town. Yeah, she and, plan on moving back there, but it's just, you know, yeah. it was high school in 2000, man. Yeah. It's just different. Dude. Very, for the most part, there's nobody that I've had like, um, 
like I said, anybody I ever got to know was like, would I guarantee you they would vouch for him and be like, yeah, like that's a cool motherfucker. Like I'm, I'm, you know, me and him are good, dude. But it would just yeah. be like the people who never and would I really take the time and effort. To I get mean, to obviously, know I don't know what high school is like now, but um, you know, I don't even know if like clicks are a thing anymore. If like there's different like genres of people, or if everybody's just kind of like so out there nowadays that like everybody's individually different, you know. But like it was definitely we were coming up in a time where there was definitely like clicks of people, you know, like there was football teams, there was like, you know, FFA, like country, <laughs> country bros. And then there was like, you know, the band, the junkies, the, junkies, the emos, you know, I mean, you just, you had a bunch of different <laughs> types of people, like the popular people the you know, I don't know. It's just, it, it was a, it was a time. What a time to be alive. No, yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely the early two thousands. Like just, just remembered. Yeah. It was definitely really clicky with all the different, uh, like the I wouldn't trade, I would the, not the trade, I would not trade that, that for anything. That though. I feel like we did come up in the best time. So I, I, I think I would, I would come up in the early 2000s, late nineties, early two thousands. Oh yeah, for definitely. Always dude. Did you, uh, Seth, did you ever like, did you have to like, um, get into any <laughs> after school fights or anything like that? Or was it just, nah, I was always you know, when you, it, like, and like, that's like, like cool I said, man, it or... was any, anytime somebody got to know me, I was always cool with it, man. Like, um, I can't think of anybody that like, once I got to know him, like I still had beef with, man, it was just kind of like from a distance, like, you know, people mm-hmm. would kind of, I don't know if it was just jealousy just, or like, she just jealousy, said, just, just you judging, know, the new yeah. thing or whatever, man. Like, cause yeah. Like, and the other thing about Kentucky, man, it's not like being in like, so South Texas, there's a big military presence, right? So you go, and it's just a really desirable place to live. So you got kind of a constant flow of new people moving in. Like it was a really big deal. Like when me and my brother like moved there and stuff, right? Like it's like, <laughs> they, like they don't get a lot of new kids, right? You'll get like, you know, you get maybe a dozen new kids, um, a school year and stuff. And, you know, me and my brother moved there and, my, uh, you know, my dad knew my dad was actually friends with the varsity high school football coach. So he already kind of put a bug in his ear about, you know, me and my little brother. So there was like a little like low key buzz and stuff about it, man. So like, I think that's where some of like the, like I said, it sounds corny saying it, dude, but like this, we're kind of like, kind of like the like haters like came from and stuff, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> that's what it was. You call it yeah. what it is. It was just, it was just straight up like jealousy and hate and you know, all of that. Was it was it like when you were like walking down the the like the high school hallways, um, where they just like no uh, hey, like hey, poking like it wasn't like that. Dude. It was more just like like you know people just talking. Yeah, we didn't grow up in the eighties. There wasn't like outright like bullies where they yeah. were like you know giving giving again, was, swirlies. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't like hey, getting noogies boy. and swirlies, you know. In the... No, I didn't. No, like, you didn't get stuffed in a locker or anything like that, or none of that. I was gonna. I was actually gonna uh, pivot from because we. You talked about like you know, as you get older, you start losing friends, like yeah, you stuff just, like you that. Grow up yeah. Not you losing them, but you kind of like drift apart. You have different lives, you know, stuff. But like, yeah, and I was gonna. I was actually gonna say that, like, you know, even with wrestling too. So like, I, I kind of bring it back to that. So like, people our age, it's hard to find people our age that still watch like wrestling. That uh, that you know, even if you had a childhood friend, and obviously maybe you're not talking to them anymore, they obviously they would. But like nowadays, it's like you can find that friend. Oh, yeah, it would be they impossible might not be physically with media. you yeah. or next. I don't, to I don't you, think but, fandom would be nearly yeah. where it is now. If oh yeah, it wasn't for social media. Yeah, I have one. I have one. Well, I have a couple of friends, but one one of my close friends, uh, Jason. 
he uh he I, I still like go to his go to his house and watch wrestling and stuff like that when I when I can when we both have the time anyway. But like he's like the only like like physical like person that I actually go watch wrestling with. Other than that, everyone else is pretty much through social media, like yeah. you and well, I think like, I think being cool, like kind of hit a fever stuff, so, pitch like, in like you know. 2010 2011 and then it became cool to like be a nerd you know so nerd culture really picked up um and you know yeah. with, especially with social media and all of that like people being able to find their niche groups of people that they like that have the same interests and hobbies as them so yeah i think um social media has done so much for people's interests and you know what they like to do and spend their time and energy on yeah, definitely. And um, so let me let me pivot back. Let's go back to uh to high school again. So let's let's put Sheena in the hot seat. How was uh how was your I I, I seen the uh we'll talk about the athletics part of it because you're both uh definitely in the uh in that category. But how was how was uh, how was a young Sheena in high school? Was she uh you know was she <laughs> was she an a-, a star athlete? I wouldn't was say star a, uh, athlete. I definitely you know, solid role player. Just, I was a, a solid role player. Around. I always <laughs> I always tried really so. hard. You know, like I always like She's always blocking out, always breaking down on defense. Yeah, everything I did, I always put a hundred percent effort into it. But I was also like a class clown. Like I was always like just out there to make people laugh and like make friends and have fun and do all that kind of stuff. So. For me, it wasn't. And and also, like, I think there's a difference. Like, I had parents who worked all the damn time who weren't going to usher me back and forth to, like, all these different, like, practices and things like that. You know, like, I was always, like, bumming a ride from people and all that kind of stuff. Because, like, I mean, it was just out of, like, necessity. You know, it wasn't like I had bad parents, but they just worked and weren't able to, you know, like, shuttle me around everywhere. So it was just kind of like... I didn't really have that level of like support, support system. Yeah. Support system. Meanwhile, like my like me and my little brother, we were going to multiple like quarterback camps and stuff every summer, just to kind of like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like. And I, meanwhile, my I spent my summers like down damn. at the creek, and you know, like sleeping in a little cabin that me and my friend Gabrielle <laughs> built, and like you know, making mud forts and shit. You know, <laughs> like I mean, which which you know, I mean, if you know me now, if you know me today, like that, it, that's very much ingrained in who I am. It's, it's on just brand. Like, yeah, it's very on brand. You know, which I'm just very, I'm very much a person who loves being out in nature and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I still love athletics. I mean, I played uh, flag football up until I had Brett. Um, you know, so I, I, I feel like I definitely, uh, I'm athletic, but I wouldn't say I was like a star in high school by any stretch. Did you, uh, what's besides, uh, f- uh, I see the, uh, yeah, I remember you posted that video of the, uh, oh, who, so yeah, someone posted yeah, the video of the, I was, uh, in the I, was, football, I will like, say this, I was a much better like, athlete in my later years when, like, when I was playing flag football and stuff than I ever was in high school. I think I, I well, mean, I, I you were playing basketball. Like, that was the wrong sport. For true. You. I think you should have yeah. been in, like, uh, I was good at tennis. I played, I played soccer. I was all defensive on soccer. I mean, I played goalie. So, I mean, it was just like a one man show when you're playing. You're more goalie, of a you know? raw athlete than a skill. You're a really good raw athlete, more than like a highly skilled athlete. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, Sheena's very, like, big, fast, and strong, but. You know, basketball is like, yeah, (laughs) basketball is not my sport. I'm a little clunky. I'm a little clunky to be playing basketball. (laughs) So the core, so the, the, as far as basketball, it's like a lot of coordination and balance and stuff like that. That's not something that that wasn't me. Excelled at, I would assume. 
I mean, when I was a little kid, my, my sports in high school were tennis, like soccer, and predominantly basketball. Like basketball was my main sport. See, if you come up now, you could have got into like you know BJJ or like you know some other sort of like yeah. MMA. I think you, would, I think that would have really been like catered to your strong suit because you dominated in football when you yeah. started playing in those those women's flag football leagues as an adult. And she actually I played in a, the men's league. Yeah, yeah. We had a when we lived in Fredericksburg, Virginia, we were in a flag football league. It was a men's league. And, uh, you know, I thought so much Sheena that we, we put Sheena on our team and she held her own. Like she was yeah. awesome out there. Like she wasn't like a week. It wasn't like, you know, <laughs> oh, they got a girl like that's neat. Like she straight up held her own. Like she played cornerback and she was our center, you know, because in yeah. flag football, a lot of times the center can, you know, that's like a sneaky weapon on flag football for catching passes and stuff. So, yeah, she did really good with us and held her own. Yeah. Dang. So I actually did played you, wide receiver because uh, we had one of my real good friends, a guy named James Cardoza. He was actually like a college football quarterback. And uh, so we had him as our quarterback. So I played wide receiver and free safety and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was a blast having Sheena out there on the field with us. And like I said, she yeah. she was not like – it wasn't like, uh, you know, something we did just to be cute or whatever. Like she No, was, I would man up. Anybody, anybody would try to F with me, dude. I would man up on him, dude. Like I almost got in a couple fights out there. She would straight up get picks and everything, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was a really competitive. It was a really fun game. <laughs> it was like, very competitive. I, yeah. I, I really miss it, but it was it was a really awesome. It was on like a, it was indoors too, so it was on like turf. Like yeah, it was a it was a good time. It was a and, fun time. Yeah, Sheena would definitely hold her own with the dudes out there. I mean, I'm just not gonna. I'm just you know, not gonna like, let them like, like you know get away with no shit. The, you know what field? I mean? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean. Did you did you do yeah. any other? She played center so you and she played corner. And we played. We played... ran like a straight up cover two oh, zone. Wow. So she's like, you know, when she's playing corner, she's right up on the line of scrimmage, checking the wide receiver, um, right at the snap and stuff. And like I said, Sheena got a, a handful of interceptions and stuff, man, just because I think people would sleep on her and try to try to pick on her and stuff on defense. But uh, yeah, she was real good, man. Dang! Wow. I feel like I feel like I'm the I wasn't like the most I mean I didn't play like any um any like high school sports or school sports or anything like that street like street yeah street uh street athlete <laughs> as they call it so uh, a lot of, a lot of pickup games um in basketball courts a lot of you know field football street football that type of stuff uh, nothing I, I wasn't really the I didn't I wasn't the organized sports person <laughs> I like that like you know street rules. On some stuff, because I mean that's that's how I play. I, I get basketball. I'm like I, I could never play like uh, like high school basketball. I'd get I'd probably get fouled out every single game. Um, not that I hack or or you know beat people up or anything like that, but I, I have more of a, an aggressive style of uh, defense. So and I'm like kind of I'm like like heavy set. Not like I'm not like fat or anything like that, but I'm like I have a, I have a, I have a body where I, yeah. you, you really can't get past me. I actually. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, medium husky. So, quick story. We uh, when I was uh, it was a couple of years back. I was actually we had we actually had a game. It was it was me, our for the company I work for, the district manager. Um, he's actually a he actually got inducted into the Rhode Island Basketball Hall of Fame. Actually, a couple of years back. Um, so he's obviously really good. Um, so it was me, him, and then uh, one of my coworkers. And at the uh, at the corporate office, they had a basketball court. In the uh, in the back, yeah, they they did like a couple. I can't one-on-ones. think of They're anything like, oh, other than like the office when they, yeah. the ba- when they had the coworker. basketball uh, <laughs> game, like the little pickup game oh, in the in the warehouse, dude. That's what I'm envisioning in my I, mind. <laughs> dude, yeah, 
I pretty much it was pretty much the same thing. I almost got. I thought I was gonna get fired because uh, he uh, but the he tried to back me down the um, the district manager. And so I was you, not so letting so like let him be like storming or nothing. You know? See, I'm way more so of an opportunist, man. Like, like if I'm in that situation, I'm, my pretty boss much, is yeah. hitting layups on me. He's freaking dunking on me, like yeah. whatever. I'm like, man, sir, you got you it. You got here. it. Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, you either, <laughs> I was like, you either get, he respected it though. He was like, he's like, dude, he was like, he was like, he was like, dude, you're like, he's like, you're like a brick wall, dude. I couldn't even get by. I was like, hey, I was like, I was either gonna get uh, fired on the spot or I was gonna right. gain the respect somehow. So that's 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 how it's gonna go. that's how it's gonna go. But um, yeah, dude, it's we like I said, we don't get to talk about like uh, sports and stuff like that as as much. But um, that's that's why I wanted to bring that up because I know you guys are you know athletes in your own right. And uh, I definitely want to showcase that, you know, a little bit. What's the um? The next question I have is, as far as motivations go, so obviously, um, we've all been pretty much doing this for a long time. Um, as far as podcasting, content creating, what whatever you want to call it, um, what's what? What do you guys? What do you think the it's, motivation is for me, man? Now to I, do would, it? I mean, um, you know, you can chime in. To me, it's you know, strictly like. It's a hobby, man. And if somehow we really break through and become like, you know, an international sensation and get a bunch of advertisers, then more power to it. But I just love talking wrestling, man. Like I, I love professional wrestling. Aside from my family, it's probably like the other thing that's been like just a part of my life as long as I've been alive. And, um, you know, not to get too corny or sentimental, but I just hope I help other people appreciate you know, how awesome of a form of entertainment pro wrestling is, man. So I kind of look at it as a hobby um, that, you know, maybe maybe someday it'll break through and make it some serious books. But for now, it's just a hobby that I really, really enjoy doing. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the community aspect of it. Um, yeah, that's why we created our Facebook group. Uh, I just, you know, Instagram is great. Instagram is where it all started, but it's just such a vast pool of people and you never know what kind of people. And I mean, and anybody can chime in with their, you know, BS or opinions or hate or trolling or whatever. Um, but with Chick-fil-A, we've created such a close knit. So much fun. Yeah. Such a close knit community in our Facebook group. Like I have like legit friends in there. I've met up with so many people that are in that group at different events and stuff like that. Like I just, I don't know. I really appreciate all those people and, I don't know. I, the community is what I do it for. It's why I keep showing up. It's why um, we keep doing this. It's because like the Foley fam is the, is the absolute best and they make watching wrestling more fun for me. They make, well, I mean, watching anything. I mean, now we're watching the freaking world cup. I would not be watching the world <laughs> cup if it was not for the Foley fam. So they make everything a little more fun for me. Yeah. If you go to chickfoley.com, <laughs> you hit the link. It's literally two bucks a month to be in it. And we literally, we just have the, the pay there just to, kind of keep the riffraff out, man, like yeah. to keep it from just anybody being able to join. That way people got at least a little bit of investment. At the end of the day, it's, if you don't need two bucks a month, you can do 20 bucks for a whole year. Um, and it's well worth it. Cause like she yeah, said, nobody's getting, nobody's getting rich off two bucks a month, but yeah. it does. It's the paywall. Like if you're yeah. willing to like get out your wallet, put in your, you know, your card number pay or whatever you got to do to, uh, to get in, then you're obviously want to be there yeah, and you, you have a little bit of skin in the game, yeah, right? You're going to be a contributing positive member of the community. And yeah, cause you're paying this, for it at this point. It's, it's so long. It, we've had the thing going for so long that like, there's some history. Like we, for the most part, we know the people in the group and you know, you got kind of running inside jokes and stuff. And the great thing is for like newcomers, we always welcome and embrace anybody new in there. And mm-hmm. it's all about just love and wrestling. Like our live threads we do for the pay-per-views. That's my absolute most fun thing it like in wrestling right now is just having that kind of running dialogue and conversation going as we watch these big shows. 
Yeah, I was gonna say like you know the the great thing about that group too is like you said you know obviously there's a paywall so it does keep out like the riffraff but the 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 great thing about that group is the not yeah, just the wrestling definitely. aspect mm-hmm. of it but the uh like the life stuff that you know people share within the group like you know people get married people, people you know going through babies, hardships like you know, we're always you know, we're always there a, for each other it, it runs a spectrum. even though it's an online community yep, i think just knowing that yeah. you have a place yep. that people will listen and actually like shoot you a message or you know care about what's going on with you um it's really important because a lot of people don't even have that in their real life i think we take for granted if you have a good family and you have friends and all of that so many people yep. take that for granted that everybody has that and not everybody has that um, and if they can find that within our community, then like, I'm happy for it to be there and I'm happy to, you know, f- to be a part of it. Yeah. And I'm, like, I was gonna say, I was, I'm glad you can like, you know, anybody can share anything in there and there's no, Oh there's yeah. No, there's like, nobody just trolling for trolling. Like I mean, we, we rib each know, other. Like, you know, you know obviously that's just, that's just accepted. part of it. But yeah, when you post in yeah. other groups, you can almost guarantee oh, yeah. like somewhere in the first five comments, somebody's going to have something snarky or smart ass to say. And that just, I mean, that just doesn't happen in our group. Yeah. And over, we've had it going for like two and a half years now. And yeah, I think there's been like twice where I've had to delete people's comments and it's always been, just because a good natured joke was just a little too racy, right? Like just yeah. a little bit too nasty for yeah, we're, the we're, Facebook group. We're it's, like Facebook gives us a notification, like uh, yeah, 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 this yeah. is like you know, it's never it's never been something hateful. It's it's been something that generally like it's I funny. I giggle yeah. at it, but like yeah, which just you know, it's a little bit too a uh, little bit too extreme for the group. So yeah, it's just a really great group of folks, and salute to you guys, and we welcome anybody else. That oh wants yeah. To come I, Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, uh, especially uh, you know, Phil Dunnett, he likes uh we 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 go back and forth on the uh on the actual page and we would we message each other too. We kind of we have our we have our thing with the uh, with the, better. the Chick-fil-E picks league, which yeah, I've done better. Yeah, last week he was missing some picks. I was like, I was like, who you missing? So I was like, Marco. He obviously, uh, he said no. He Marco he actually can't. got his picks in. Yeah, so, this yeah. week I took over for Phil this week because it was his wedding anniversary, and uh, <laughs> and he was going to be kind of basically out of the game for the weekend. And Marco sent me his picks like a day earlier, and I was like, who is this? Like, what? what who is this? And what have you done with Marco? Like. But yeah, Phil's great. We need <laughs> yeah. we need to get Phil on while, while we're here, dude. Like, I want to hear yeah. Phil on. Open he's like, Mike, oh, man. me too. Because he's like a man of mystery. This dude literally made a Facebook group, made a Facebook page yeah, no, just, just to be to a part the of the Foley fam. So yeah, yeah I, I, and I, I want to hear this guy's story, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's coming! It's coming! I actually reached. I actually uh, uh, reached out to him and asked him to you know be on the show at some point. So we'll just get that. We'll have to get that time down. But yeah, I'm, there's a there's a you know, the, just to give a little background on the open mic show, the the early inception of it, like years back when I like, you know, kind of when I was on the show, on the Chick-fil-A show and I kind of want to do like a, I was going to do like an internal, you know, Facebook group show where I was just going to like highlight, you know, people within the group and do like a, you know, maybe go like on Facebook live and like interview like whoever that was like the, that was basically like the idea of it. Um, but I still want to do that. I still want to like pick some people out of like the, Oh yeah, we have some like, super you know, talented because there are some cool inter- people in interesting group. people in there, like that lead some very interesting lives. Yeah, so I, I definitely want to want to do that. De- Phil's definitely one of those uh, individuals, um, mainly because we can um, I can call him out on him calling <laughs> me out on stuff. <laughs> That's what, I actually want to talk to him. So no, I'm joking, but um, yeah, no, I think that would be I think that would be a good idea um, having him on the show at some point. 
but um yeah that's 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 it that's a way in the future but um i want to get into the you know we talk about it a little bit uh we do like mm-hmm. you know on the chick-fil-a show we'll do the um you know the farm update and all that stuff but um i want to get into like the uh your interest i know like Sheena, you got into yours when you were on the show but you know seth um what are your besides wrestling and sports and all that stuff what are some other things yeah, that uh, honestly man it's that you're into you know, that we, the kids that we obviously don't know like about. they're my whole world and then fishing man fishing is my other big hobby which it's kind of i don't want to say watered down man it's kind of died down a little bit being here in tennessee because before that i was in hawaii and i was in virginia um and, you know, no offense to the, the hardcore freshwater fishermen out there, but there's just no comparison to saltwater fishing, right? Like mm-hmm. I always say like, you know, a, uh, you know, freshwater fishing is like a straight up, like a, you know, a regular match in the ring where saltwater fishing is like a, you know, falls count anywhere, anything goes. Like yeah. when you're casting Sometimes out. Sometimes it's an Ironman match. Yeah. When you're casting out in the saltwater, like there's no telling what you're going to catch, right? There's, it could be literally anything where it's freshwater, <laughs> you know, it's depending on where you're fishing at, you know, whatever it's like. You get, a hand, you get a handful of things that are going to bite the hook. Exactly. Yeah. There, uh, so, but, but I love fishing, man. It's just, you know, it's a really good way to relax and also have some real excitement mixed in. It's just fun. Cause that's, you know, something that you're constantly learning on, right? Like I've been, since I, I, I fished a lot as a kid and then it kind of just, you know, my love for fishing, I just kind of put it on the shelf and then I got it back out in like 2015. So the, even just the last seven years of really fishing a ton, I still learn stuff every single time I go out. There's new, you know, mistakes you make and you learn from. So I really love that. It's just a way to relax and kind of just, you know, get back in touch with nature and stuff. Um, and other than that, just, you know, just the kids and being a dad, man, that's something else where you learn something every single day. Um, you know, you learn about yourself, you learn about your kids and you just try to be better for them. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's really it, man. It's that between, you know, between podcasting and, and kids and the fishing, it's not a whole lot of extra time for stuff, man. So that that's really it for me. Sheena, anything you want to, any, I know we kind of got into like gear stuff, but anything else you wanted to add, add on to that or anything new on your, on your end? So for uh, me, I'm just trying to learn a lot of like skills that I wish I had learned. Um, you know, whenever I was, (laughs) whenever I could have learned them from like my grandparents and stuff, like I'm really, I'm diving into like canning. This is going to be so nerdy for like the people who are listening to this show, but just like food preservation, because now I have a big garden. Like I've always been into gardening. Like I've always had a garden of some sort, even if it was just like a small herb garden. Um, but now we have such a large space to garden that, you know, we, we bring in a lot of food and, you know, you got to find a way to preserve it. So I'm really learning how to how to can, how to preserve food. <clears throat> so that's a big skill that I'm taking on like this this coming spring and summer. Um, and, you know, just learning about tending more animals. Uh, obviously, we have chickens, you know, we have uh, laying hens right now and we have goats. Um, so we're going to be breeding them uh, in the spring. So we're going to have baby goats and we'll have like, you know, I'll be learning how to milk a goat, which will be a first for me. Uh, it'll be my introduction to to dairy livestock. So Whoa. super excited about that. And uh, you guys know I'm just all into, I mean, if you follow me at all on my personal account, I'm like a, a very, uh, holistic, natural minded, kind of like a, a hippie grandma type person, which is very surprising. I think a lot of people, you know, they feel like if you're a wrestling fan, you're a certain type of person. Um, but it it never ceases to amaze me how many wrestling fans out there I've met. And like, you find out about their personal life and you're just like, wow, I would have never 
guess that about you, you know? So um, I feel like I'm one of those people where it's just like, <laughs> you know, I have a completely different interest set than probably most wrestling fans out there. Yeah, Sheena's regular IG is lit, man. Like, just follow <laughs> at Sheena Phelps. Like, I love it. Like, last night, like, I was kind of... I got done playing some NBA 2K and I still had it like half actually. a career left. So I was just kind of chilling, you know, he'd get a little nightcap in and I went back and just went through like her last six months of posts, man. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful, really interesting stuff, man. So definitely check out at Sheena Phelps. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, 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 you know what it's too, like you said, it's holistic too. And it's like, even like the, you know, the filters that you use, on like on it's the videos, vibe, right? like, yeah. Like the, the <laughs> it's a like cultivated it, 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 vibe. It's, for it's sure. calming yeah. almost. You can, you can, yeah. It's like a vibe. If you're trying to get to sleep, yeah. If if you're like you're looking to relax and you're like you know you don't want to you know you're scrolling through IG yeah. and you know there's going to be depending on what you're following and what your algorithm looks like and you don't want to follow that riffraff, definitely go to uh, Sheena's page and. Yo, scroll through. Yeah, you can, I need to be better about, you know, because there's so much. I have so much. She loves the story. I always tell her, I'm like, dude, stories fade away. Hard posts live forever, dude. I know. You got to hit need, the hard posts, I need man. to get better because, you know, Instagram's changed its algorithm so much that, like, now my my photo, my, my, I love still photos. Like, that's why I loved Instagram. I loved Instagram because it was just still photography. It was very aesthetic. Like, it was very pleasing to look at. It was cool quiet and like now reels, yeah, yeah and now People get addicted to the exactly reels. so now like when i do a hard post when i do a still post because i mean i'm not gonna like I, I do like reels occasionally but i'm not gonna spend all of my time you know editing making creating reels just to like get likes on instagram like i'm not gonna do it because that takes away from like what i actually like to do which is like be in the garden be out there tending my chickens be with my kids doing like, the stuff you're posting about doing the stuff i'm posting about yeah so they're taking they're taking creators yeah. out of what they're actually supposed to be doing by making them create reels to get engagement and like so now my post i'll get like 30 likes on a on on a photo whereas like if i post a reel it gets way more. So yeah, I, I, I do stories a lot cause I get a lot of story views, but, uh, you know, like Seth said, they, it goes away after 24 hours. So all the stuff I'm talking about or teaching about or whatever in my stories, like it doesn't live on and people can't access it. So I need to be better about that. Did you ever, you ever think about doing like a, uh, like, um, you know, obviously it would take some time, but like, you know, writing like a book or not a blog. Like, yeah, uh, I've had blogs. I've had so many blogs over blog the years. Like, like I love to write. Like, I love to write. I love just like the piece of like sitting down and like creating a piece of content that you can like dig into where it's it takes like, a lot of time. yeah, it takes time, but it's not even just that. It's just like, um, I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know if like blogs, do you, people even still read blogs? Like I, I've thought about doing something on Substack where it's like, you know, it's a, it's a writer's platform, but it's still integrated into like an app where it's like easy to access, you know, I mean, there's paywalls on, on Substack. I wouldn't charge for it, but it's just like, it's like a micro blog type situation where you could just like, it's easily integrated where I could go and get away from social media because yeah. I don't want people to spend more time on social media than they need to you know what i mean i i spend a lot of stupid time on social media and it makes me mad because i'm like oh i could have been doing so much more than like scrolling on social media you know so i would like for people to like get out of the app where there's no <laughs> distractions you know yeah oh yeah no i definitely agree it's it, you know just cutting down on that time on on uh on any app um mm-hmm. I, you know i obviously i we use it a lot because obviously we're communicating through it. We're you know, and it's, posting well, it's stuff. It's funny because or, I don't, 
Yeah, I that, don't typically like scroll with, on, yeah, on Chick Foley. Like yeah, I can get the in there and like talk to whoever I need to talk to, reply to messages, like post what I need to post and get out. But it's something of, I mean, the algorithm on my personal account is so finely tuned to like my interests and stuff that like I find myself like deep diving. Well, Chick Foley um, mostly just posting and then that's it, right? You're not really, yeah. you're not like liking and browsing and all that stuff. It's yeah. I mean, I go right? through and I'll like, you know, I'll, you know, people, I'll, I'll do a, a couple swipes, you know, but I'm not like spending a lot of time, like, cause it's all wrestling. It's all the same stuff. You know, when you're following wrestling accounts, like everybody's gonna be posting the same news story. Everybody's gonna be posting the same about what happened on raw or what happened. You know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of, diversity as far as like what's happening and what people are reporting on. So I get what I need to get out of there and then I can get out. But whereas like on my side, there's people teaching me things that I'm like, Oh, you know, like I'm watching their reels when I don't even want to be making my own damn reels. So yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, but I do have so much that I want to, to share and, you know, um, educate people on and, you know, learn myself. So I, I need to find a way to, to put that out there, but you know, I'm working on it. Yeah. Um, Seth, as far as, uh, um, you know, balancing all these different types of, you know, things that you have going on, how do you, how do you manage that? I think I asked Sheena this on when she was on, like, how does she manage being a mom and, you know, social media influencer? If you, if you want to say that, I know people don't like that term, but like, you know, you being a dad, you know, you, you know, obviously you're working, you're doing the podcast and, you know, amongst other things, how do you, how do you like, so find the time I'm to manage like, and very juggle all those intentional responsibilities with my time, man, to the point where it could like drive Sheena crazy. It's like obsessive. I never, like I don't, I never go into like, like the no huddle offense <laughs> where like, you know, just whatever I feel like I'm doing, I, I should do. That's what I'm doing. Like I'll like block out time. Like, okay, you know what? These two hours I'm going to go play video games, you know, I, I'm going to go, you know, do this activity with the kids. I'm going to do this thing that needs to get done around the house. Like whatever, man. I just, I'm very just intentional on how I schedule out my time. And I think that's, it helps things to make sense for me and helps me avoid that, um, that kind of like regretful feeling you get when you waste your time, dude. Cause just, I, I think being in the military has kind of helped me have an appreciation of the value of time because I have done several deployments where I'm gone and just stuck on a ship for like seven months, dude. And like, when you do that, your life's at a pause, man. Like there's some stuff you can do to enjoy yourself when you're out there. But for the most part, like you got no really, you know, decent internet connection. You're basically in a floating jail. That's what it is. Yeah. You have no hobbies you can do other than, you know, maybe playing some video games and working out. You can't stuff to keep up what's going on out in the world. And I, you know, if, the thing that the the one good thing about that experience is that it's just really made me appreciate how valuable your time is. So, uh, and I can still get better on it, right? I still waste time. There's still times where I'll sit down on the couch and, you know, spend 25 minutes looking at wrestling meme pages on Instagram and stuff and just goofing off or just reading random shit on Reddit. That's not really, you know, there's definitely more value uses my time. So don't take it like I'm like an expert at this, but I just, I make every effort to be as intentional with how I spend my time as possible. Yeah. And I'm like the complete opposite. Sheena's just chaos, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, 
so I'm I'm like yeah. you know I'm like freaking Tom Brady like scouting out the defense, playing out every single throw, making every read. Sheena's like Brett Favre, like fuck it, just I don't need to know the plays, just snap me the ball and I'll fuck. So, there's a receiver down there somewhere, I'll throw it to him. Dude. It's true, but you know, it's, I I somehow I still manage to get the things done that I need to do. But I would I feel like I would have a much more peaceful existence if I could live like Seth where it is a little more blocked out because yeah, there's a lot of times where I'm just like stressed to the max because I did zero planning for what it was I needed to do. So she just found a way to thrive though. She thrives in the chaos. Man. Yeah. Like when, she, when chaos is at its highest, that's when I perform. And the there'll best, be like dude. time for like, we're either having company coming over <laughs> or something going over, something going on. And like, the kids have been home all day and like the house is looking like, you know, a tornado hit a daycare and I'm like, fuck, I'm starting to stress. And then like, I'll like go and like take a piss or something and come back. And like the house is like spick and span pop. It's like spotless, dude. Like, I'm like, yeah. how the hell did you get the house clean in five minutes? And she's yeah. just like, I don't know. Just, I mean, just for example, like when, t- when things are just like completely off the rails and I can like keep my cool. Like if I go to a parking lot, if I don't know the parking situation of a place that I'm going to, like I, my anxiety is like at a peak and like I will be like stressing out about that. Whereas like we had a house full of people one time and I was frying chicken wings and I set the kitchen on fire and I like calm and collectively the people at the get together didn't, didn't even know, there even was know a fire that there in the was house. a fire in the house. Yeah. <laughs> because like I calm and collectively like put the fire out, like, you know, <laughs> managed to finish cooking the wings and like, you know. Yeah, Sheena's got this thing where like if like the the stress environment is anywhere from like a one to like a eight, like Sheena's like fucking flipping out in crisis mode, like total nuclear meltdown. But once the situation gets like really real, where it's some shit you should really be stressed about, like life altering effects, somebody's about to lose an arm or something, Sheena's somehow like calm as a cucumber, man. Like yeah. it's the craziest thing, dude. Like, yeah, I can't explain it. I mean, it's 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 a stone cold fact. Insane, and, it's so and I thank her for it because it. that's the time of my stress. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm like Joe Cool up until exactly. like shit gets really real, dude. But the times when it actually reached like the situation's actually like stressful for me, that's when Sheena's like just totally as chill Yeah, as I think that's be. why the universe put us together because you happen to manage me very well when I'm at that like, you know, low level of like anxiety where it's something stupid um, that's got me all spun up. And then when shit hits the fan, I'm like, okay, we got this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was actually gonna, you know, she, wife is probably gonna kill me, but it's the, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like pretty much the same thing. Like, you know, I'm the, I'm the calm, cool, collective person. Like, I don't like if the kids cry and whine about stuff. I don't, I'm not the, I'm not the person to, you know, I don't react to it. I just let them, you know, you know, I try to speak to them a little bit, like, and then. If they're not, you know, cooperating, just let them, just let them cry. The whining doesn't bother me at all and crying doesn't bother me. I know it does, you know, a lot of parents are probably out there going, you're lying. It doesn't, (laughs) it definitely bothers you. But me, I just, (laughs) it just doesn't, I'll just sit there with them and, you know, wallow in their sorrows if they need to. Um, But uh, my wife is like. If they start, no, learning, I've been there. I, full, yeah, full I know on, that like, feeling. I can't take it. <laughs> that type of thing. But even in like, but even in situations, like I'm not the, I don't panic at, at situations. Um, 
it, it my wife does so she like like i said this is why she's probably gonna kill me she probably doesn't want people knowing but she like she'll she'll that's freak you, out at that's stuff, why you gotta like, have options you know, too because like, if, if there were two of me or two of seth like, it would yeah, not we'll, work out we'll like figure it if out. seth married another person that was <laughs> like him it would just be at, we'd have every single minute of the day it would be out to oh my just, god it was impossible to live yeah. it would be impossible to live yeah it would be impossible there would be like no oh yeah spontaneity or just like no no, no sitting around taking in the trees. Like I remember I would take Seth on hikes when we lived in Hawaii and like me, I'm <laughs> just like funny. meandering, like looking at, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at these trees. Like, look at this. And I'm like, yep, it's more trees. Yep. More trees. Yep. He just, he's like utilitarian. Like, you know what, how much farther we got to go? Like, is it like a mile? Okay. It should take us about 15 <laughs> wow. minutes, you know, like it's uh, and then, yeah. So me, I'm just like, you know, that, that's why we work together. He's like, <laughs> Uh, that's funny, but uh, <laughs> I was just actually just thinking of Seth like count down the yeah. uh, the the minutes and mm-hmm. the paces and the, how many foot how many steps he's taken, how to get back and all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, oh my god! And I know and we kind of talk about that on the show too. Like, yeah, and it's not the, just uh, wrestling. Like, I want to I want to emphasize to people. That, like, that if you Seth listen to the Chick Fil A show, has, you know that Seth um, has an encyclopedic you know, memory of like yeah. everything that's happened. You know, in the history of wrestling, right? And can recall like just the most insane details of stuff but it's not just wrestling like music movies tv shows our relationship yeah. like he'll be like oh yeah that was when you was wearing that such and such shirt and i'm like how what <laughs> i don't even remember owning that shirt you know anything and- i'm into man i just like to go all in on dude. like if there's like a song i'm really into like i'll pull up the like the the chords and stuff and look at the notes and be like okay like okay i understand why i like this now and like movies i look at who directed it and who produced it so i can like you know, looking at other work that they've done. Like, yeah. yeah. Anytime know, we would watch, anytime we like would that. watch a movie, he would like, after yeah. we watched the movie, he would immediately like pull up either like Wikipedia or some sort of like, you know, web page, IMDb, IMDb about the, sh- the, about the movie, about the actors, like all this stuff and be like, you know, completely like, you know, absorbing anything that he could about whatever movie we just watched. Oh, I have to, I do that too. Yeah, no, I do that too. Like, especially if we're watching like anything with, uh, like obviously you have kids, you're watching a lot of animated movies and stuff like that, and there'll be like a voice that you'll hear. It'll have this like you're like I I I heard this voice before. I I I know who it is, but I can't. I just can't put my finger on it. So like I'll I'll sit there. I'll try to jog my memory. I'll I'll watch the movie. I'll listen to the voice, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That's it. And I'll have to pull up my phone and just, you know, look for the movie and see. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh that's, that's who it is. Jeez. The, well, that's the thing about Seth. Like, he can hear a song. Well, he doesn't oh, just know who sang movie? the song oh, they or who did produced this? the song. He knows, like, <laughs> like their yeah. history, like, what sort of, like, marital strife or drugs they were taking. Like, what was the inspiration What was the inspiration it? behind their album? Yeah, like, who they were married to at the time. <laughs> what happened to their marriage. Like, I'm just like, what? what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know? Like... We were... <laughs> <laughs> we were actually we were talking about that on the uh if you listen to the episode with Tommy, we talk about, you know, Seth and you know, his uh his like his memory and his knowledge and stuff Your like mom's that. Where, very much where like does that, that come too. from? So like, my mom's an accountant. I think, that was one of the, so I think, I think I told Tom I wouldn't just ask you remember that, so like, stuff and like where does that I mean, yeah, as wait. long as I can remember, dude, I just, I like to get deep into stuff, right? Like I don't think I have a super like diverse um like set of interests, right? I'm into wrestling, I'm into football, I'm into video games and like music and fishing, right? That's probably like my five things I, I, I'm really big into. I'm not as much of a movie buff as I'm a music buff. And 
I just like to really dive in and learn everything I can about them, man. And I, uh, you know, I'm an, in, I'm an intelligence specialist. That's what I do in the Navy. So that's all, that job's all about like, you know, being able to retain a lot of data and like, you know, know like historical trends and stuff like that to predict like what's going to happen in the future. Um, so I think it's just something like, I, I really do think it's like kind of like genetics or like hardwired into me to like, just be able to remember a ton of stuff and, and wrestling is just kind of, like I said, that was the biggest thing I was into as a kid. And it just, that stuff's just embedded in my brain, man. Like you guys hear it on like the weekly trivia questions when we do the main Chick Foley show. Like mm-hmm. what was the one about the, who was the special guest ring yeah. announcer at Survivor Series 93? Like I didn't even know that I knew that, right? Like if, if you would have asked me if I knew who that was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it. But when Sheena like hit me with that question, like it just popped in my mind, like the, the fucking guy from uh, Family Feud, Ray Combs. Yeah. Like, at- yeah, so I, I, I got to thank the genetics, man. Like my, my dad's, you know, my dad's a really smart guy, but my mom, like I said, she's got like, you know, she's a really good accountant. And I think that's where like that just memory bug comes from that I can, I can see stuff or read stuff one time and just retain it. Yeah. Well, and you, you read a lot as a kid too. I remember your mom telling me that you would like, just like, you know, devour books and stuff when you were a little kid. So, so I, I would- think that really helps like your recall and just like your ability to like process information and yeah. all of that. I've never, I don't think I've ever even mentioned this before. I hadn't even really thought about it in a long time, but you mentioned about me reading a lot. So I did read a ton of books. And then also there was a yard sale we went to when I was like either seven or eight. And I got four milk crates full of old Bill Apter mags of wrestling. So, you know, you had like Pro Wrestling Illustrated, The Wrestler, Wrestling Weekly, all the Apter mags. It was just four crates of them dating from like 1988. Yep up to like 1992. And I think I read damn near every one of them. And those things would have like the results from every single show that happened. They had the weekly ratings, all kinds of articles. And I think that was kind of like a low key, like a big contributor, like, cause I would just read all these magazines and just kind of just remember little bits and pieces from all this stuff from, from that whole late eighties to mid nineties era. Yeah. Whereas me, like I was, I was not that kid. I was like an outside kid, you know, now I'm like, damn it. I should have read more books when I was a kid. You know, I'm trying to make up for lost time. You know, I, I, uh, I listen to a lot of books now. I don't really have a lot of time to like sit down and read, but I do. I love to like have an actual book in my hands, but yeah, freaking, um, I'm like, damn it, mom, why didn't you make me read more? You know, but I also appreciate the fact that like, I was out in nature. I was outside. You know, we grew up out in the sticks. So. See, I was even intentional <laughs> with my time as a kid, man. Like, so my little, me and my little brother had basically like the same friend group in our neighborhood. And like my little brother would just like, he'd wake up, put his shoes on and like go outside. Yeah, they would me just and go, Tad have a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. They would just go and play, right? Like whatever they would play. And they would always want me to, you know, come outside and stuff. But I would be like, come get me when it's time to like play football or we're doing a basketball game. Like we had to be like doing something. I was never just like going out and like freestyling during the day. So everybody else is out playing. I'm either inside like playing Sega Genesis or like reading wrestling magazines or watching tapes or something. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it, I, I wasn't like that as well. I wasn't like, I wasn't like the most knowledgeable person when it, <laughs> when it I wasn't, I wasn't really like a, uh, I didn't retain knowledge that that much. Like if someone like says something, it will jog my memory and I'll remember stuff, but I can't just like spew stuff out. I mm-hmm. wish I, I wish I had that knowledge, but yeah, I don't, I don't have that at all. Just to be, just to be transparent. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the, uh, my wife will tell you too. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a space cadet sometimes. I like, <laughs> I do the normal walk into a room and just like stand around and just be like, why the hell did I walk in here? 
<laughs> that, that that type of thing. Um, yeah, she'll she'll definitely confirm that. Uh, she'll probably she she'll definitely she'll listen to this and confirm too. But um, um I want to I want to kind of jump back into the uh, when you guys are like you know together and stuff like that because you kind you brought up the parents. Um, how how did were the were the were the each Duh. set of parents into both of you like yeah, did, both did yeah, Seth did your all parents, parents like Gina right away and Gina did your parents yeah, like that's, that's, Seth yeah, right I, I couldn't imagine being in a situation where it wasn't like she, that it was mutual <laughs> no no my she, parents were, no, so Gina's parents not, were like because they're not city slickers his family's from where my family's from my mom and Seth's dad were friends in high school like they they like they yeah, so they've known each other like so. My forever. dad, so my dad was in the navy also, right? He joined the navy right after oh, high school. Oh wow! Okay, uh, moved around a lot, but for his last tour before he retired, he got a kind of a sweetheart of a deal. He went back and was just a recruiter in our hometown in Kentucky. So, so they were able to. Like, that's why I was down. able to move back yeah. home. Yeah. So my my whole family tree is in like basically a thirty five mile radius in South Central Kentucky. Yeah. Man. So we're all from the same spot, but he because his dad was military. He didn't live there until the end of our high that's, school. That's what I was saying. You know, when I was get, I was getting hated on in high school for being a newcomer and a city slicker. When I'm pretty sure my my redneck bona fides could go up against anybody uh, in that. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, we no. did it. Like, my, but like so when we started like, dating, so like my, so did you guys know, you know each Sheena's other? mom knew yeah. my dad, and like you know, yeah. and, and, and and vice versa and stuff. So they all knew each other. I, th- I think my dad's little sister was like real good friends with, yeah. with Sheena's mom and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it it was easy, man. Like every we was that, everybody was, knew everybody. That, that was yeah. a very good fit, and like huh. you know, I I get along very well with with Sheena's mom and her stepdad and her real dad. You know, like it's easy sell because like you yeah. know, a Navy guy, like that's just. You know, that's like the kind of like I would be if if Stella, my daughter, if she ended up with a military guy, like I would be I would be fine with that. You know what I mean? Even though it would suck her moving away and stuff like, you know, for the most part. I mean, obviously, there's still some dirt bags to join the military, but yeah, you at least got to have like a little bit of character if you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to go serve my country. You know what I mean? So I think that made it an easy sell for her parents and. Sheena and my parents always got along. Sheena and, and my mom are like best freaking friends. So, yeah, yeah the, the families have always been very supportive. That's never been any kind of hurdle or obstacle at all in our relationship yeah very grateful for that definitely yeah I, like i hear people have like nightmare stories of their in-laws and i just i can't relate at all man. yeah and neither one i mean we don't it's not like you know we don't want to think we're have like perfect families like everybody's got like you know family <laughs> stuff but like our we just we're just all yeah. kind of like the, on the same wavelength you know what i mean like all of our families are chill and you know yeah good, down solid, to, just down folks. to earth people yeah no yeah. we <laughs> <laughs> she well, she's extended like that's an extension the, uh, of uh yeah, of you know, the last episode of Chick fil A. Yeah, that's an extension. She's not she's not a blood member. <laughs> yeah, so that's your that, that was a fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's your homework if you uh definitely listen to that Chick fil A show episode. It's is it that was hilarious. <laughs> um so so obviously, you know, long relationship been together forever um marriage advice how do you guys i say you, know, you got to work keep on it. you got to make effort every day um, right like, like though, i said we're know, coming up on and, uh, imploding february that'll be 20 years like me like, and she and i've been together um you know we're over 15 years married now at this point and you just got to make effort every day man like if you're together that wow. long there's gonna be there's gonna be natural um 
like peaks and valleys, right? Like where you're, you know, just closer, you kind of drift and it's never like, you know, hopefully you're never drifting because the way you feel about each other, it's just like life events, right? Like having kids or stuff going on at work. Like it's just, it's hard to find the time and energy to invest in each other. Um, but when you do get that opportunity to spend some time together, um, you just gotta, like I said, just put in the effort and, and make the connection. And the other advice I'd give on people, man, I feel like, you know, obviously everybody's situation is different. So I hope I'm not coming off too preachy here, but I feel like in general, people have become way too comfortable, um, like getting, you know, divorced or, or if you're not married yet, just splitting up, man. If you truly love somebody, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to them to just like stick with it until there's absolutely like zero hope whatsoever of working it out, man. Like, you know, bear with the rough times. Cause me and Sheena have had, you know, a few, I wouldn't, I don't know, rough patches might be overstating it or whatever, but we've had a few times where like, you know, it's, we haven't been on like, you yeah. know, a one, you know, grade a relationship status for, you know, a couple weeks or months or whatever, but it's always worth it. And you always come out stronger on the other side. So I would just say, you know, fight for yeah. your relationship and just, Put in a little effort every day, man. Yeah, it's. I mean, marriage is 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 a commitment with dedication, like each day to showing up and and trying to work on it. You know, like you're like Seth said, like it's something every day, and it's something that you have to be mindful of because it's easy to allow it to just like slip into like complacency and just you just feel like the other one already. You know, they know how much you love them, so you don't have to put in the effort, right? So just really making the effort to like find something every day to let that person know that you love about them or appreciate about them or yeah. just show them some affection. Um, because it is easy to just get caught up in your day, especially if you're both working and you've got young kids and all these things going on, the day slips by and you both go to bed and neither one of you even talked to each other or shown each other one ounce of affection. And that turns into like days and weeks and months. And I think that's where people drift apart and they're like, Oh, well, we're not in love anymore. Well, it's not that you're not in love anymore. It's just that you guys kind of forgot how to be in love. Yeah. You haven't made the effort and haven't made the time. Um, and, uh, I think also marriage advice yep. is like, just marry somebody that you are friends with that you, that you like, you know, I mean, obviously like people are physical attraction is important. You want to be attracted to the somebody. It's going to burn off though, dude. But it yeah. Is. And it, you'll still recapture it from time to time. But that like that initial spark, like the it's going to burn off. Yeah. The it lusty doesn't matter part how hot they are just or like, whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or you're just like, you know, oh yeah. wow. You know, and like so infatuated with each other and stuff. Like, like you said, it doesn't matter how hot I've, I've seen people that I've, I would be like, man, that's like one of the hottest couples I've ever seen. And they couldn't make it work. It's yeah. because lust doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like that, that kind of stuff, that physical attraction, that's, that's not the most important thing. So find somebody that you care about, somebody yeah. that's supportive of you and supportive of who you are. Be, be who you are, right? Don't fake the funk, right? Be who you are from the jump and allow people to get to know you and just understand that you're also going to evolve. You have to understand Seth and I were, I was 17 yeah. and he was 18 when we got together. And in the past 20 years, we have evolved so much as people and we've had to evolve together, you know, and sometimes that involves like he evolves a little bit quicker than me. And like, I'm like, I had to catch up and, you know, vice versa. And, you know, we just got to stay in touch with each other and stay and communicate. And um, I think that's the most important thing. Sheena hit on one thing. If it's somebody that you got to fake it at all to be with, like if you got to like hide part of yourself or like, like that's like red flag, just bail. Yeah. Cause there's no way you're going to be able to keep that up for a long time. Like it's eventually your true color yeah. is going to show you're never, yeah. you're never going to be able to fake it for forever. So that that's like red flag. Number one to get yeah. out of that situation. Yeah. I mean, you always put on a good, you always put on a good, your best foot forward when you're first meeting somebody like that's to be expected, yeah. but yeah, don't fake who you yeah, are. Don't, 
try to impress people. I think, I think a lot of people nowadays, especially with social media, where it feels like everything has to be so impressive and so Instagram worthy. Like I don't try to impress people like outside of your means and yeah. don't try to impress people with things that you don't even find interesting. Right. Like if don't, if, don't get me wrong, man, if you're just trying to hit it, yeah, do what you got to do to shoot your shot and get up, <laughs> get up in, and get up in there for one night. But if you're trying to make a long lasting relationship, yeah, keep it real. I don't want to, I don't want to discourage anybody out there. that's just trying to yeah, be Mr. Right for one night, man. Do what you got to do. Yeah. If you're on the prowl, you then, to... yeah, whatever, you know what I mean? Say everybody ain't trying to be Mr. Right. Some people just want to be Mr. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah do what you got yeah, to do. But yeah, but it, you're never going to be able to fake it for long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just understand it's that you're both two individuals trying to yeah, make I mean, one life work, right? And like yeah. you, you have to commit to the life yeah, together I mean, because I feel like so often now we're, we're preached at to be so independent and you know, I don't need this person, you know, you need to be your own person. You need to be relying on yourself. And then I think that takes away from your marriage, right? If you feel like, well, why am I even here? Why am I even yeah. sharing this life with somebody? If I, um, if I, uh, don't yeah. need them, you know, because being in a marriage is, is a lot of work and it can be tiring and it can be, you know, a lot of effort. And if you don't feel like you need that person, you're going to give up. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna. I was actually gonna say that it, mm-hmm. the most important part of it is, you know, you don't want it to. You don't want it to think marriage is work, but it is work. Um, any any relationship is work. I used to say, you know, you yeah. come home from work. Um, well, and that's your your when you're at home now. That's your second shift. And speaking to that the, about uh, work, I just want to. Job, I just want to maintain a relationship. Say and, to everyone, you know, that like. Yeah. Yes, you need a, you need a paycheck. You have to have money to live, right? Like you have to pay your bills. But don't put a job before your family or before yep. your relationship because that job would replace you in a heartbeat, right? Like that job if you left, they would find somebody else to take your spot tomorrow. And I I've seen it so many times where people just yep. like put their whole life and heart and energy and passion and everything that they should be sharing with their families and their loved ones into their job. And that causes their personal life to implode. And I'm just, I I think it's so sad because ultimately that company doesn't care about you as much as your loved ones. And yeah, like, I see that a ton in the military. Like, uh, you know, what Sheena just said, like, just nailed on that. I tell that to my friends sometimes when I see them getting, putting work in front of their, their personal life. So I'm like, dude, like if you got mowed down in the parking lot, walking out of this job, like, yeah, people would be sad. You know, you get a couple thoughts and prayers posts on Facebook, but within a week they'd be trying to replace you, man. So yeah, like obviously, you know, I- I'm all about an honest day's work for an honest day's pay, man. Like I'm very grateful for everything that, that yeah. my job has a- allowed me to do and the life it's provided for me and my family. But I have a hard stop on what I'm willing to do. And I think that's why I've been so successful at mm-hmm. my job, man, is just because I'm all about that, like work-life balance. Like I'm going to, I'm going to give my job, you know, everything I got for this amount of time. And then I'm done. I don't think about it until I go back to work the next day. And like I think I said, that's why you've had a lot of success with the people that you've been in charge of too, because they, yeah. because they appreciate that about you too, because you instill that yep. in them and it allows them to show up for work better because they get to show up for their personal lives better. Yeah. Yeah. I've been fortunate enough to be in a situation in the last, uh, you know, the last seven or eight years where I'm really able to kind of set the culture at the, at the workplace I'm at. And that's definitely the vibe I've given for everybody I work with. I'm like, dude, this is just a job. Like I said, we're going to do honest days work for honest days pay and then we're going to go enjoy our lives. Um, so 
you know, there are those people out there that are fortunate enough that they've been able to make a living off the stuff that's their true passion. And that's awesome, man. I'm envious of those guys and that's great. But I'd say for most of us, uh, you know, blue collar folks out there, like, dude, like, just remember your job's your job. Yep. It's just a way to keep a roof over your head. And you should always put your family and friends um, and just yourself bef- before you, your job, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the good thing about it, too, nowadays is, you know, this, especially with, like, you know, with pandemic that happened and stuff like that, there's a lot more mm-hmm. emphasis on, you know, work-life balance because there are a lot of people that still work from home and stuff like that, too. So you still have that, like, you know, you still have that time with your family, essentially, even though you're still at home, but you're you're still at, you know, obviously you're working at the same time. Yeah. And you're able to, you know, hopefully you're able to manage those two things, Um separately and like for me luckily i work at a company where you know that's that that is the case it's more you know yeah in america in america especially the culture uh, is don't be afraid everybody gets up in the morning first thing in the morning they spread apart to all different parts of the city to do whatever school work job whatever and then they come back at the end of the day everybody's exhausted they come back together and then they just sleep and they're like that's it right like there's no connection so i really want to empower people to just like come home and give the best to your family, give what you need to give to your job and whatever else is out there, but come home and give like that passion. Don't just be complacent to come home and everybody just sit down and not talk to each other and be on their phones and then separate into their separate bedrooms and wake up and do it again the next day. Right. Like make time and make the effort to connect with your family. Um, and I think that goes a long way with, you know, just the longevity in your relationships yep. and the, you know, and just like the, the strength of your relationships, especially with your kids. Like, I mean, I mean, thankfully we're in a position where I can stay home with my kids, but if I had to send my kids away for so many hours every day, like I would want to make sure that at the end of that day, like I was connecting with them somehow. And I know it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy because God knows, even when I'm here with my kids, it's exhausting. Um, so I can't even imagine going out into the world and then coming yep. back every day to them. So just put your best effort. Every day is not going to be a good day, but try to have more good days than bad days. Yeah. At, at the end of it, man, there's literally one resource in the entire world that's never going to be renewable. You can't make any more of it. And that's time, man. So yes. You got to put a lot of value in your time. I hear boomers like complaining about it and stuff, but if it's one thing I admire about like our generation and like, you know, the yep. Gen Z generation coming up behind us is that I do feel like we started to really value our time, man. If there was one thing, good thing that came out of the pandemic, like you said, Marco, I think that was it, man, is that people started to really think like, shit, why was I spending, you know, 45, 50 hours a week at a job that's like not really, you know, it's keeping a roof over my head. It's paying the bills, but it's not really doing anything for my soul. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, um, it's yeah. not really making my life any better. So. And just yeah, finding man. ways, like, I think a lot of people during the pandemic found ways to simplify their life so that they could yep. adjust their jobs and their work. Right. Yep. Like they realize, like, I don't need all this crap. I don't need all of this extra. I don't need, you know, I don't need to yeah. impress people. I don't need to be impressive on social media. I want to simplify and, you know, live within my means so that I can have more time. Cause to me, that's the most important thing. Like designer bags, all, I mean, if you're into designer bags, cool, but that that's not my thing, right? Like that, that kind of stuff. I would rather have yep. that time with wrestling figures. Yeah. I would rather have wrestling figures. <laughs> Even you, you simplified, you, you've cut down tremendously on wrestling figures. Cut down the sneakers. Yeah. yeah. The sneakers are still kind of going strong. But or or sneakers. sneakers and t-shirts sneaker and stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it it definitely helps. Like I said, especially if you have like that. Uh, like me, I'll pull the, I'll, you know, I'll break kayfabe too. So like, you know, even when I started yeah, the I show, there, like, I remember they were. You know, I think that was kind yeah, of going my on when worked, I first. Uh, she worked yeah. the night shift. So like, she like, went from like two to eleven, like every night. So I would. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I mean, so to you know, bring you know, transparency, I'd be doing that. So like, and it's still kind of like that now. So like, I'll come home. Um, I mean, technically, I'll come home from work. I'm not. I'm working. I'm doing like obviously. That's the other thing. A lot of hybrid models. So I'll be like in the office sometimes. I'll be at home sometimes working, doing the same thing. But uh, it's the same routine for me. I'll you know, you know, stop my time at work, and uh, you know, it's dad time. So like, you know, my wife gets home. Uh, like you. Like around like almost like seven thirty eight at night. So between that time, that's that's you know that's dinner, you know bedtime duties. So I'm doing all that still by myself. But you have to, you know, you can't like you guys are saying you can't let your work. Yeah, like, and like, I'm not trying to glamorize you can't be thinking about like work bedtime while you're doing that. and dinner time. Like that's like the witching hour. You know, like it, it is. It is. It takes the worst. Like it takes every. It's not the witching hour. That's like to no, your children. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It takes yeah, yeah. every ounce of energy yeah. and patience, but I can tell you, like, it is. when I look back at, like, when Brett <laughs> was, like, even your, just, like, two years ago, we were looking at videos of Brett from two years ago, and I think <laughs> about all the times, like, putting him down to bed and having him sleep in our bed and all that. Like, I regret none of it, you know? Um, and even in that moment when I'm, like, so freaking tired, like, I know in a year when I look back on that, I will be, like, I'm yeah. not going to regret yeah. it. So I just think that's something to keep in mind when you're like so tired and your patience is worn thin and you're just like dreading taking the kids up to get them, yeah. you know, bathed and calm down enough to where they'll finally fall asleep at the end yeah. of the day. See, to me, that's like, for me, that's like fun time. That's like, you mm-hmm. know, they're in the bath or having fun, they're playing and stuff like that. I try to, you know, Try to make it, you know, as fun as I can. Yeah, we usually do five like minutes that. playtime like, between between like, like, bed, like the bath, you know, getting them out, getting them ready, like pajamas and all. So I try to make have you know, fun, do whatever they want. Try to, to try to make it as fun as possible. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, like I said, it, you know, even with me, like another thing on the weekends, hardly don't even don't even touch my phone. Like the weekends are completely for you know family, so. You know, wife, kids get all the attention. Um, so, like, if you if you don't see me on uh like on the like the live threads that we do, that's that's one of the main reasons why. I like, kind of like you know, I want to jump on, but at the same time, I might be doing something. You know, my son's you know, into wrestling now, so he might be sitting up with us a little bit later um, than the girls are, like watching you know whatever you know premium live event is on at the time and stuff like that. So, like you know, just like sitting with him and you know trying to explain to him stuff, like you know. I'll, you know, we'd talk about the uh, the deadline. Oh, the Iron Survivor match. Yeah, yeah. Just, our son got you know, into that one too. Him the uh, yeah, the rules it. and stuff like that. Why are the, why are there numbers? Why are there points and all that stuff? Like so, like <laughs> so, like you know, why are there points? What what's that? Like because he, he's reading now, so he's like reading all the names and stuff like that. Yeah, so that's, to, like, the, that's out, the good. You know, that's the good stuff, dude. stuff. So like, and I mean, people who people who aren't stuff, parents or don't want to be parents that are listening to this. Sorry for all the parents you talk, but that's what that's we're in the thick of that right yeah, now so like, and you know we were kind of talking about relationships and kind of like how it can be monotonous and yeah. stuff and I, I will tell you after you have kids like it's just a totally different level of like commitment yeah. to to your marriage and to being thoughtful and kind to one another because like it's it, you're just so i mean overwhelmed and yeah. you know so it's, it's a lot 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Those yeah. little eyes don't miss anything. Yeah, yep. those eyes and you're, you're seeing here. You also set the example around. for your children as well. Will they become more aware? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brett just yeah, turned yeah. five. He does not miss a oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially when they hit that, like, yep. you know, four, five, mm-hmm. even six-year-old range. That's when they're... Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they start they start regurgitating stuff back to you. They start asking questions. They become more aware and all stuff. So you got to like be more mindful and you know be more attentive and stuff. So obviously mm-hmm. you're you're doing that anyway when they're babies and toddlers and stuff. But as they get older, you still you still have to be more <laughs> like on them and stuff and be aware. No, being a parent's the best. If you're even, if you're even um, thinking about it, just yeah, do it. We didn't I mean, want we didn't want to have kids for a long time, and then we finally we're just like, going to give you such a deeper that's, sense of purpose. That's, that's, when you're like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so we'll, I want to pivot. Uh, we'll probably like you know I want to pivot to the. So the Chick Foley brand, I think I asked um, I asked Sheena Sheena this um, when she was on the show. So I want to ask you, Seth, what do you what do you see what do you see the Chick Foley brand going? I did ask the Turnbuckle Tavern guys; they have their you know they have their idea of where they want to take their. I mean, I hope this doesn't stuff, sound like wrestling. Where would you but like I to see what we got, the Chick Foley? Like, I think we got a good thing going. Uh, like go. And the, the, the field, the field has got so like if we're talking like business side of it, right? Like breaking out, like yeah, to basically leveling up from from where we're at now. Um, the field just gotten so wide, man. Like it, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. I'm glad Sheena made that account back in 2015, yeah. dude. Because if if you're trying to, st- I don't want to discourage anybody from trying to like yeah. you know turn a hobby into a side hustle now, but dude, it's just so crowded, um, and so. So yeah, I mean, I just I think you really got a niche down now. Like now, you got to be like a niche of a niche. Yeah, dude. you have yeah. to be like yeah. so fine tuned to what you're presenting to your audience that like, and you have to stay within that niche. Whereas like when I was opening my account, yeah. like it was just broad wrestling; it was all over the map. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, I I don't like I said, dude. I want to keep I want to keep pumping out quality content. I'm yeah. always. Every time we sit down to record a podcast, I want it to be the best podcast we've ever done, right? Mm-hmm. I, so I want to keep just fine tuning that, but I don't have any strong aspirations for this like blowing up, man. I mean, there's always yeah. a chance, like maybe maybe Sheena has some sort of hot take that for whatever reason just catches fire <laughs> on the internet and, and levels up again. But it's just tough nowadays, man. Like the uh, I forget what show I was listening to. It was actually Ryan (laughs) Rosillo, man. He was talking about sports talk, right? Like breaking out with like sports um, podcasts. And he was talking about how difficult it was when he was breaking in in like the late 90s because there was a very, very narrow pathway to actually like becoming a success in the field of like sports talk radio, right? And he said, nowadays, the pathway is much shorter, but it's way wider, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, it's it's a little bit it's not as there's not as many hurdles in between like, you know, starting a podcast and becoming like a big money maker, but you're yeah. competing with, you know, thousands of people and stuff. So the fact that we've got the little foothold we have um cuz we're still like I think you know, we got our Spotify rap. We're still in like, you know, the top freaking yeah. 10% of most subscribed to podcasts, most listened to podcasts, which is awesome, man, which is really really great. Um I, I don't have any aspirations this blown up bigger than it is. I just want to continue to make better and better content yeah. and form a deeper connection um, with all of the listeners and specifically the Foley fam there in the, uh, the, the Patreon Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. 
No, it's the same. I, I feel like I, I really appreciate what she we're doing because there was a time when we were it all or hustling and grinding and assess. recording like every other night, putting out content, like, you know, video content every it other took night. It the joy out of it, man. And it took, the, yeah, it took a lot of the joy out of it because like there would be times like I would just wanted to at the end of the night, like sit down with Seth oh, and like yeah. watch a TV show or like, like watch a, a movie. Yeah, but yeah. Like, we got to do another pod yeah, we got to do a video. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we got to, you know, uh, do an episode of Unboxing Mania or we got to, you know, do it this Patreon exclusive episode or whatever. And we liked doing it, but it was just like, it was on top of everything else. It was so much. And so it did take the joy out of it for me. And I didn't mm. refine that joy until we just like, you know, oh, yeah. pulled the, you know, breaks a little bit and just kind of like started playing it by ear a little bit more, you know? Yeah. No, no, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, I think it, like I said, I think it helps too with like what we're doing mm-hmm. now with like, you know, obviously you have the Chick-fil-A, the main show, the flagship show, but then you have like, you have this show, you have the pod warriors, exactly. you have what, what, what you guys do. And obviously we have, you know, the pod foundation and, you know, all those guys pumping out content every week. We always so, yeah. have a present. Well, I think, it's, it's, well, I think it's people, not like, I, you, I just want to hear us obviously like the curtains on because even shows, though like so I've like never been like a content creator on like a massive so scale, I know a lot about it. And I, I want to just pull back the curtain a little bit and tell people like, if you have the aspirations of like building a business on social media and stuff like that, that's great. And it's very possible for anybody to do that, but it is hard freaking work and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of dedication and it takes a lot of time and energy and mental bandwidth and for me right now just in this oh yeah space of life that i'm in i'm not willing to give up certain things in my life to to do kind of it like one night a week man that's why we've been doing long balls on tuesday and that's for the most part that's when we've been doing chick foley show now dude yeah yeah kind of one night a week i know marco you got the raw down you guys do raw down every wednesday night right thursday yeah yeah. Yep. Uh, it's every Thursday now. Yeah, every Thursday. And then I'll do this, you know, depending on who I have for, you know, to interview. I mean, there was a week, I think it was like a, a two week span when I didn't have anybody. Yeah. I was doing like, yeah, I'm well, and the good thing about, the good thing about like something so like this like, show is it's every week. So even if you had like a week where you had like, you recorded four nights a week, week, you could batch this, but, and then not you know, record for four straight weeks, place, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like that, that's an easy way for you to, you know, kind of find that work life balance. Yeah. I'm at a point now where I'm like one or two nights a week is where my passion's at for like, podcasting slash like you know creating yeah we content. post i mean we post every single day yeah. on the instagram account i mean you know we're still doing that regularly but it's yeah. uh doing the videos and stuff is a lot of work dude i really admire the people and we weren't doing like super intense videos we were doing like no, typically not, like three cut together i was editing within the app like yeah. yeah i was doing like you know all just simple the simple people who stuff. do the really intense like you know detailed videos like hats off like to my you, mdt yeah yeah like yeah shout out to that guy because yeah it's a lot of work oh yeah yeah yeah, he, yeah, they just content creation. So like want, if, just, you know, yo, if we didn't just have kids, kind of behind the curtain, I, I with feel the, like I mean, we were, guys, we didn't so have kids, seeing, we were like seeing how they work and how content. they operate. Yeah, if we yeah. didn't have kids, it'd be a lot easier, man. It just, <laughs> it's just, you know, the kid, the, your kids just take up so much, you know, emotional time, energy, like just oh, yeah. all of your bandwidth, man. They just suck it up right away, dude. Like it just, 
it, and it's and it's a good thing. I'm not yeah. complaining. Like yeah. it's like I said, like I said earlier, it's the most fulfilling thing you could possibly do. But um, it really puts things into perspective. I think so. The best way to put it, I think it kind of just like makes you really evaluate how you spend your time and you know what kind of energy, energy. Yeah, your level of energy that you're putting into what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, my next question, actually, two more questions. Um, I, I ask I ask this question every single episode, um, and you 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 know what it's going to be. It's an it's the uh, it's wrestling oriented. It's uh it's basically taking the scenario of you know that person that's you know evergreen. They're not really a wrestling fan. Um, they don't they don't get it. They're like, why the hell do you watch this stuff? Um, what would be a what would be the match for each of you that would pull that person so you're saying, into? So you're saying somebody that's not wrestling. a fan. Just like, you know what? I, I, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't get enough. Wrestling. I got to see more. What's that one match that you would show that person? Not a fan. Like they know of. Yeah, they know of wrestling. They're like, you know, they 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 you know maybe they watched it when they were younger and you know kind of you know got away from it. They they didn't really like <laughs> stay deep into it. So, but you know they happen so to be this at isn't, your house and you. you this know, isn't my like, like oh my god, I didn't, favorite you know, match. I, I, I have a magnificent seven that I can go into if you wanted. What's that one match? My seven best matches ever. But I think the most purely entertaining, like in the most broadest sense. Is WLC? I knew you were going to say that. I was going to say that. This is El Torito oh. versus Hornswoggle, and and El Torito's got Los Matadores in his corner. <laughs> Hornswoggle's got three MB with Heath Slater and two future WWE <laughs> champions, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Uh, the so you got awesome action, right? Like because Hornswoggle and El Torito can both go, so you got some great moves. Yeah. You got some big high spots with the WLC. You got the comedy, um, and then you just got the overall drama of the match, dude. Like I, I really like. It's crazy to say, you know, of all the amazing wrestling over the last few years, um, but that match is just perfect, dude. Like that is absolute like pro wrestling perfection, like in the broadest sense, right? Like I said, comedy, drama, action, <laughs> everything. So if I had one match to show somebody to get them hooked on pro wrestling, it'd be WLC from uh, Extreme Rules 2014. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. So I have I have a couple, and mine are in that same vein where it's like you know somebody who doesn't watch wrestling isn't going to isn't going to appreciate like a technical masterpiece or something that's had like some long term storytelling where it's, it's like it's paying off, yeah, in like a nuanced way or like you know um, like the young bucks are nodding to Hangman, you know, to do the buckshot layer. Like that that stuff's not going to appeal to somebody who's just watching wrestling for the first time. So I would say something like. If I was going to go with the cinematic match, I would yeah. do the Boneyard match. I think that would be a good one to get somebody hooked on because it's just it's it's a really well made match. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's that was, the, yeah, that was it's the, the freaking yeah. Undertaker, yeah, it was you awesome. know. Um, mm. But uh, on on a more janky scale, I think the uh, Halloween Havoc 1991, the Chamber of Horrors match. No. <laughs> I would. I think no. that is like such a much like a bunch of Halloween effery that like, I feel like I feel like that would confirm the worst. If, if it was somebody that wasn't into wrestling whatsoever, I thought they would be like, 
This is the dumbest shit I've ever watched in my life. It would life. be like, so fun, though. I like, mean, I feel like that match is only entertaining to hardcore <laughs> wrestling fans because it's the worst of what wrestling is. You, you may be right because it, it's just, it's so campy and amazing. Like, I just, I love every, I love everything that goes wrong in that match. I love that the little, the little lever doesn't stay yeah. up and Cactus Jack has to like stand up there and like hold it. I love that, uh, you know, that they catch the freaking cage on fire before uh, <laughs> the, the chamber on fire before the match even starts. Like, like that stuff just like tickles my funny bone, but you're probably right. Other like, again, it's that's like the complete opposite end of the spectrum of like appreciating a technical masterpiece. They're not going to appreciate the the campiness. So yeah, I guess I'll go with the boneyard match for, for my answer. <laughs> Those are, I knew he was going to say sure that. I'm not sure if anyone's I had, I had picked the Boneyard match or I may have mentioned it, but I don't think anyone's picked the, uh, the that, WLC. That is pro wrestling perfection, dude. Um, yeah, like, go out so of your good. way to watch the WLC match if you haven't seen it. Yeah, so yeah, to me, I always, I always go with like, I always go with like, obviously, I go with Halloween Havoc. You know Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, just for the you know, basically because you're seeing that that now. But my favorite one, I think that's I would show somebody. One. Yeah, that's a great match. Watch, watch like you know, get back into wrestling is Roddy Piper and Bret Hart at WrestleMania Eight. For some reason, I don't, I don't know, because it's you know it's you know you have you have Bret Hart the super serious yeah. you know professional wrestler, especially and not if that if Roddy Piper was that promo started at that backstage wrestler, promo they did he was right that before it, where Roddy Piper's like goofing off and Bret Hart's just like dead match. ass serious. So it's like, like you're getting yeah. both. I, I, I do love that match, man. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, and it's, a, it, it, it gives, it gives like a showcase of like what yeah. wrestling is as far as like the you know fundamental part of it with Bret Hart, and then the other part of wrestling, which is the entertaining part, which is uh Roddy Piper, and you know, and obviously the match itself, like they brawl, they do like mm-hmm. literally everything. They play both sides uh, really well with that. Um, and you know, since um, since this is the holiday season, um, my this is the first just, time I'm throwing a bonus yes. question. This is yes uh, on the show. I have um, very specific criteria that a, movie, a movie can't just happen around Christmas for it to be considered a Christmas <laughs> movie. Like it can't just have a Christmas backdrop for it to be a Christmas movie. Like it actually has to have like Christmas elements to it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I, I say no, but I mean, I've been proven wrong in this argument before I, I've been swayed on this argument before, I guess I should say. Um, but in my heart of hearts, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Dude, John McClane is a family man. Like, there's, it, it happens on Christmas Eve. It's all about family over greed, right? Like, because they're, you know, he's Dang. trying to just get back to his family for Christmas. Yep. Whereas the terrorist trying to get that money. His name's John, yep. you know, John and the Apostles. Like, there's, if you, yep. if you go deep into it, there's a whole lot of, like, oh, no, I remember tie-ins. you giving me this whole speech before because I can't remember why we were talking about this, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. We, I think it's indubitably a Christmas movie. I'm going with I'm going with no. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a Christmas party at the uh, Nakatoma Plaza where the uh, setting is at. It's you know it's it's. I think that, it, but the, center, the if you look the at it, all the old posters, like they do, Christmas, like you know, like even even a movie like, like, like something. Like, you know, 
stupid like blah, i mean it's blah, not blah. stupid so it's because like, i cry every they time I do, watch it, but like family stone like it's like it's like a kind of an out there movie but it, it centers around the family getting together dude, at christmas like that's is, why all these people from different parts of the the state and the city and out of town and everything are all together again like it's because it's christmas this is a terrorist attack at a christmas eve office party <laughs> and it ends with snowing in los angeles a fucking christmas miracle dude like <laughs> Uh, it's as Christmas as it gets, yeah. man. And yeah, Die, Die Hard's an all time great action movie. And in addition to being an all time great Christmas movie, it's a great action movie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I think yeah. like every year. I think ladies, I think like, women just have between different. Between me and my wife, we always talk about if it's a Christmas, Christmas movie or not. And while she, we're at it, let's just mention Die Hard's all time, um, like the, the biggest disparity between like, the original movie and the sequels, dude. The sequels just suck. They see, lost the whole thread of what Die Hard was, man. Because Die Hard was all about a regular guy, like just a regular yeah, fucking shitty like cop super, uh, getting into like this really crazy situation. And then suddenly he's like fucking yeah, the born identity by part three, dude. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, yeah. I mean, just to go yeah, a little bit in depth star. in that movie too. Like, apparently, like when that movie was made, obviously, you know, Bruce Willis wasn't known as a an action hero. That was like, you know, that was for like, yeah, he was a TV star. It was like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know Sylvester Stallone were like the the guy, the go to guys for this. So he was kind of like out of it anyway. But apparently, I was reading that like that yeah, movie it didn't have was a big like, budget at all. Kind of like made on the fly. Like they like. Like a lot of the scenes and stuff like that was like, you know, they were just going by the seat of their pants, essentially. Like, no, not a big budget. They were just like, you know, trying things out. And, you know, so like if they were to have that like big budget, if it was a big budget blockbuster action movie, probably wouldn't have been as good. But knowing that it's like, you know, it was kind of just like this, like, you know, just throw this movie together, see what the hell it does. And it became this like big phenomenon is is a Christmas miracle in itself to me anyway. <laughs> that's that's what I say, but I mean, we'll we'll let everyone else judge. Is uh, if if that movie's a Christmas movie or not? Yeah, I, I'm in the true. I'm in the vein where it is a uh, a Christmas movie because I mean, what's what's Christmas without guns and violence? I mean, <laughs> it's <laughs> but um, man, it, so this episode yeah, is definitely the longest. Bedtime, dude. She uh, may fall asleep. Uh, wrap this thing up. Yeah. Over yeah. Mike episode, which which it's I was intended it to be. I knew like, gonna we started at my bedtime. But, uh, this is uh this is great. I know, right? <laughs> Thank you for having us, man. This was but a yeah. blast. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is great. Uh, yeah. Thank you both for being on. This is uh. I'm glad. I'm glad I fulfilled your wishes, uh, Seth, on on uh, being on the show. So, I mean, I, I, I was it wasn't it, anything. Uh, wasn't it? I wasn't. I wasn't like you know, being being or anything like that. I was just like you know, trying to figure out the dates and stuff like that. And I know you're busy. You're both busy on you. That's right. <laughs> but um, yeah. This like I said, this was yeah, great. Very merry Christmas to all the open and, mic listeners you know, and a happy new uh, year. We'll continue into the new year with uh with some with some fun stuff. So um. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh we'll uh we'll catch you next time. Later. <laughs>